seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave, became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. people die. I keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do, but not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Welcome to episode 27 of the Film 89 podcast. I'm Sky and I'm one of the editors over at film89.co.uk and one of the ed- other editors of Film 89 is the man sat to my left. Hey podcast, Neil Gaskin, good to be back. Another marvellous Marvel episode for us here. As you all no doubt know by the time you're listening to this, this is an episode we've been looking forward to for a long time. It's a culmination of 11 years of Marvel Studios' Marvel Cinematic Universe in the form of their magnum opus and 22nd film, Avengers Endgame. This entire episode is going to be dedicated to this one colossal film, but we'll also be answering some of your Marvel-centric questions, which have come through from Twitter, Facebook and email. This is a review and analysis of Avengers Endgame, and it's going to be completely full of spoilers as we discuss all aspects of the film's plot in forensic detail. So please, if you haven't seen the film yet and you're planning on doing so, turn us off, go see the film, and then come right back. Unfortunately, the Film 89 Marvel Dream Team Triumvirate isn't all present and correct, as Richie Roberts has been called away on urgent humanitarian duties, but we wish him all the best and hope to have him back here soon. Fortunately... Filling in for Richie this week is someone far more eloquent and equally knowledgeable on all things MCU related. It's our friend and soon to be fellow member of the Film 89 writing team, Mr. James P.S. James, welcome to Film 89. Thank you very much. Good to be here. I think this is your first ever podcast appearance. It is indeed, yes. Well, we'll, we'll break you in gently. Obviously, before we uh, dive deep into Avengers Endgame, just tell us, James, about overall your sort of views on the, the MCU, because obviously Neil and I have, have spoken about the MCU at length on, on numerous episodes now. I, are you a fan? I'm a massive fan. I remember um, in 2008 going to see uh, the first Iron Man film and uh, I was hooked from there. 
they're just fantastic. I don't think there's enough superlatives you can you can kind of use to, to describe them as a collective. I think they're the best series of movies ever made. This movie today just completely topped off what has been 10 years plus of, of investment of, of my time and everyone else's time, so amazing. So what were your expectations then, you know, going into Endgame and, and coming off the back of, you know, obviously the last couple of films we've had, which would be obviously Infinity War and then Ant-Man and the Wasp and then most recently Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel... I have mixed feelings of. I didn't hate the film. I don't think it's possible to hate any of the MCU films. However, I do feel that a film like Captain Marvel felt a lot like a Phase 1 movie and therefore should have come a lot earlier. It just felt very shoehorned in, as did her character in in this one. Not to the film's detriment overall. Um, I just feel that her inclusion was a bit of a weaker point. Ant-Man and the Wasp I thought was a fantastic standalone movie. The way they build in the standalone movies to include the wider story arcs uh, is just it's just immense quality demonstrated. Obviously he was integral in, in, in this movie going forward and how they eventually, how they solved everything. So mm. um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Going back then a bit further to last year, what, what was your take on Avengers Infinity War? And obviously the splitting in two parts of this sort of conclusion of this Infinity Stones sort of subplot that's been running throughout the films? I think Infinity War was a demonstration of just utter consistency as a movie. It kind of answered the question of how are they going to bring together, kind of like the, the question that we all had after the first Thor, the first Captain America, how are they going to bring all of these characters together, these these massive actors, these plots. We, we all went to see Avengers in 2012 and thought, my God, that was fantastic. And then, you know, six years later, we're thinking, how are they, again, underestimating these people? I don't know why we're doing that after these many years. Thinking, how are they going to bring all these characters together? And Infinity War, for me, completely nailed it. I watched it yesterday again while I was waiting in the airport to fly home. And um, every time you're introduced to a new character, or one of the, you know, the the characters are obviously established, you feel as if instantly you're watching one of those movies. Like, as soon as you see Wakanda in Infinity War, the music is playing that you've heard so much in Black Panther... It's all so unique. Guardians, they're introduced with a bit of 70s pop music and you're like, oh yeah, this is a Guardians movie. It felt like the perfect coming together of all these movies. Endgame didn't feel that way to to me so much and I think that worked, I suppose, having only seen it a few hours ago because obviously the consequences of what happened at the end of Endgame were cataclysmic. It was such a massive consequence. We've lost half of the universe. It should feel a little chaotic. A little. Everyone should be a little lost. And I think that was reflected quite well. Yeah, I think that's the thing. When you say with Infinity War, you had... It was almost like three or four shorter films or shorter, yes. you know, smaller teams all coming together towards the end. There was four or five different sort of genres of film there. Yes. And like we say, they keep up in the stakes all the time. We were all a bit dodgy about the Avengers. When we are, are these going to work together, yeah. or is it going to be the Expendables? <laughs> and then you go the other way with it. Like I say, you've got the little teams, little missions. Like Thor went off with uh, Rabbit and Tree. Yeah, <laughs> which was perfect. Yeah. yeah, didn't see that coming. You know, you had Sta- you had Stark, you had Stark teaming up with the Guardians. There yes. were the remaining Guardians. You know, like we were saying, Cap was a little bit sort of well very underused in the film. Yeah, but it, again, it kind of fitted into the storyline for Cap to be underused in yeah. there. Yes, and like you say, with these sort of solo build-up films, the Wakanda piece definitely. I can remember watching Black Panther. wasn't really that impressed. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's a good film, but it's not an outstanding film. By the time you get to Infinity War, you're going yeah. right. We're in Wakanda now. This is when you know you appreciate is, that yeah. film. Then looking back, yeah, and then yeah. it gives you a sort of new slant on the film, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah, I think um, obviously the, you know our podcast started in January. 
2018 thing. Black Panther was the first MCU film we did, wasn't it? It would have been, yeah, because we did. Uh, yeah, we we did. start. We start off with the high point of the Last Jedi. Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> we then we did. Um, and it all went upwards from there. Yeah, we did Black Panther. I think I was on to episode four, and then we did Infinity War. Was episode seven, and then we did Ant Man and the Wasp, and then obviously most recently we've done Captain Marvel. Yeah. So obviously now having had a year to sort of um, re-digest Infinity War, how would you sort of rank that in the MCU films? Much the same as James. I mean, I sort of like a kid at Christmas Eve last night. Because no I think it's, this film. we all gave you, know, you, me and Richie. I scored it a solid 10. We give it a 10, yeah. Um, I think it was about a week later or a couple of days later I saw it. I texted you and said, it's actually an 11. Yeah, you did. Uh, I think I've watched it twice since then, including last night. And it consistently, you know, it's, it's a 10 out of 10 film. In fact, I enjoy that film every time, every time I see it. I enjoy mm. it more. Mm. Like yeah. last night watching it again, I'm still finding things in this film. I'm still yeah. enjoying this film. And I'm, You've got that anticipation of what's coming next, you know, mm. and stuff like that. You know what's coming next, but it builds up. To, you, mm. you see the build up to it more. Yeah, my my opinion on it hasn't shifted. For me, it, it, it's one of the one of the ten out of ten I Marvel hate, Studios films. Yeah, I was gonna say I hate making sort of like comparisons to other genres and stuff like that. But it, for me, it's the Empire Strikes Back of the MCU. Yes, it is. I'd say like we both love Civil War. We both definitely both love Winter Soldier. Oh God, mm. yeah. It's quite strange in a way because I probably would rate Winter Soldier. Above Infinity War, mm. but I would score them both solid tens. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Both they're, they're, they're very yeah. different films, you know. Yeah, they are. They are. I just remember the, the impression going to Winter Soldier because I think that deserves two minutes because I know we've talked about this before. Yeah, we've. That's the thing. We've. I don't think obviously on on, on the podcast we've ever sort of gone in depth as to Winter Soldier because obviously that was four years yeah, before I, the podcast. Yeah, started. I was going to say I did a little bit when we were talking about Captain America before, but. Yeah, we've changed really talked about everything. Depth, yeah, we? changed everything into I, I, that entire plot twist. Shield is Hydra. Mm. I just remember being in the cinema and being blown away because I, I didn't see that coming. I wasn't such a kind of researcher on the internet for plot kind of things coming out mm-hmm. and leaks, etc. Um, so when it did come out, just oh, Captain America was I won't say lean. But he was the lamest of the Avengers in the Avengers movie, in my opinion. Yeah, he was a bit. You know, obviously, got that Boy Scout sort of mentality. Yes, very yeah. much so. Not yeah. helped by the fact I think in the 2012 film, his outfit was terrible. Oh, I was shocking, wasn't it? <laughs> if, if you look back at the, the film the year before, the first Avenger, he's, he had a kick in the 40s. Outfit, yeah, yes. yeah, his 40s yeah. outfit, yeah. brilliant. It's got that sort of weathered look to it. Everything looks functional. And then it, it literally it looks like a fancy dress, a costume. fancy dress costume. <laughs> yeah, like so and I can't, yeah. I still can't believe to this day. And it obviously, as we'll come to later in Endgame, they kind of poke fun at his suit. But he, he did sort of kind of stick out like a sore thumb, even though there's loads of cool moments with Cap. And, oh, absolutely. You know, his character, even by that point, is, is really comfortable within the Avengers. I agree with you, James. Winter Soldier was just a cold bucket of water in the face. It was just unbelievable. I, th- and I was going to say, I think when you look at something like The Dark Knight, and people sort of often cite that as being their sort of top superhero film, and it, you know, it'd definitely be on my list. Well, we've, you know, but a lot um, of people look at that as well. We were talking about it before. I mean, yeah, we did. We did an audio commentary like, on it. Where we yeah. gushed over it for two and a half hours. And people say, "Well, you know, this is like it's you know, it's like a crime drama. It just happens to have Batman and Joker in it." And I fully appreciate that. But I would say Winter Soldier is the first true superhero film where they take on a different genre, where it's almost like an espionage, Se- Se- seventies thriller, Cold War thriller. But it yeah. still feels like a superhero movie as yeah. well. You know, and they balance that really well because I'd say that's the only knock I'd have against Dark Knight is the fact that sometimes it strays a little bit too much into the realistic realm. It's a superb film, yeah. but this one actually somehow, with the soldiers, somehow manages to balance being a comic book movie, and like you say, being a Cold War thriller as yeah. well, and it balances it correctly. It made me care about Captain America. Yeah, yeah. He, he all of a sudden became 
my, my favourite character in the MCU. And that hasn't changed <coughs> from there, then? No, it hasn't. It's, he is still, personally, my favourite. I have got other side characters who I, I really like, but Cap. But then the, there's other characters who I wasn't so keen on around about that time, who I've since warmed to and come around full yeah. circle. As Neil will know, I had issues with certain characters and how they were portrayed initially. Mm-hmm. That was my own nitpickery, and I've since realised that the way they were then is a perfect sort of stepping stone in who they have now become. Yeah, it's like, like James was saying now, too. 22 films in over 10 years 22 now. films yes yeah. crazy as the, the Bond series has going, been going since 1962 and they are only on 24 at the moment yeah I was yeah. going to say they still, they still can't get 25 right but that's exactly <laughs> but, just um, think about that for a second 22 films in in 11 years and then, so if, you, if you look at something like Bond or even you know if you wanted to go I don't know what else we've got in that sort of number of films Star Wars perhaps Fast and Furious maybe you come at the 9 or 10 of them Star Wars has got 10 hasn't it you know, compare it to that. Not counting the Ewok films. Not counting the Ewok films. <laughs> There's been no sort of real consistent plan there. I mean, when Lucas came up with the prequels and suddenly saying, oh yeah, that, you know, this this was always meant to be. We, yeah, all, yeah. we all took it with a pinch of salt. This has been from day one almost. Yes. They've laid their cards on the table mm-hmm. and said, right, the next seven films are doing this. The, yes. You know, the next three characters are introducing to that. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to see the like of that again. Oh. So talking about expectations sort of as we're going in now, and I, I've... I've I've mentioned this before that I've sort of got in the habit of tempering my own expectations. So I go into these Marvel films and when they're first announced, I, I'm super excited for them. By the time it comes around to seeing them, some sort of safety thing in my brain has kicked in and I'm actually not as excited as I know I could be. Yeah. And this has happened with Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, films where I've gone in with middling expectations and come out on a high because my expectations have been correct going in. Sometimes I've gone in with expectations which are too high like Age of Ultron and Civil War, films which I, I love, but I had little issues with them at the time, which I've since now come to terms with. I've got to say it. Going into Endgame, I think I said to you yesterday, Neil, or was yeah. it um, before we saw it this morning, that my expectations were absolutely through the roof. Uh, I, I thought, I've got every faith now in, in the Russo brothers. I did have some, some concerns going in that Captain Marvel might be a bit of a deus ex machina type thing where she comes in and saves the day and is overused. You know, We'll come to that, you know, how they handle that character later. I've been up since three o'clock this morning. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I know it sounds ridiculous. It's a film. But it, it's not just a film. This is probably the most, alongside, I think, Civil War and Infinity War, the most I've ever looked forward to a film. Absolutely, and coming back to what I said earlier about you know when it, when it all started for me, two thousand and eight, going on Wikipedia, kind of seeing like the the general plan they had for these movies and seeing that they were going to be released in phases, and I remember seeing Infinity War years ago, yeah, and thinking, yeah. oh wow, I bet that's going to be fantastic. Seven eight years ago, you know when when the mm-hmm. title would have been released, Endgame was released only last year, I think, as a title, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I remember th- you know, thinking then, that, you know, that's years worth of anticipation. Yeah. So as you said, it's no surprise that we were all just insanely well, it, excited for this. I was going to say, they almost dropped the ball a little bit because they first announced the Infinity War Part 1, Part, part two. 2. yeah. And then straight away tried to cancel that, didn't they? And I think that was probably a bit of overconfidence on their part because I think if they'd just come out with Infinity War on the slate... It would have been much more of a shock yeah, with yes. the ending to it. Of course it would, yeah, it would have. Yeah. We always knew there was a second film coming. Into, yeah. you know, we didn't know the title at that time, but we always knew there was a yeah. second film coming. I think if we'd gone into Infinity War with no idea that it was going to be spread across two films, we probably would have gone in thinking, it's going to have fan arse, it's going to be a bit of a skirmish, it might get a bit funky, some people big might fight die. The, big yeah. fight at the end. Everyone goes home happy. Can you imagine if we'd gone in with those expectations and then come out with half of the characters, maybe more, dead, yeah. and just 
probably one of the most downbeat endings. And to this day, I will say that the ending to Infinity War with Thanos sat on the porch of what we now know to be this garden, garden planet yes. is still, to this day, one of the greatest endings in any film I've ever seen. The balls on the Russo brothers for doing that. Yeah, you well, imagine that you've got you've got primarily children, you know, watching these films as well as growing up children, I guess, <laughs> man children. Yes. What watching my then seven year old son, who's now eight, but when he was watching Infinity War last year, watching his reaction at the end where Thanos had won. It's a life lesson. Always. It, it, it is. I yeah. was sat with my son, who's who we would have been about eleven at the time, and he literally was as each character was turned to dust, he was saying their names out loud. He was like, sort of like, Spidey, yeah. Black Panther. And he was saying them as if he couldn't believe they yeah. were going like it. Yeah. <laughs> when you and I saw it today, Neil, um, I brought my eight-year-old son along, obviously. Yeah, he, you dropped me in there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I know, you, I know you didn't know he was he was coming. Yeah, he'd been nagging me for weeks. And this morning, I was, I was asking him, because he's been asking me every day, Dad, when are we going to see Endgame? And as we were walking into the cinema, he said, how are you feeling? He said, I- I'm nervous. I said, why are you nervous? I said, said because I think more people are going to die. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but try and to appease him and thinking, you know, look, they- they're going to sort it out. They're going to bring a lot of people back. But there was still that thing of, yeah, but you're still also probably going to be traumatised. Well, I said, I spoke to my son earlier on. And I said, you know, obviously we're going to go um, two days time now. He's back uh, from his mums. I'm going to go. And he's actually deleted YouTube. Yeah. He's trying to avoid spoilers that badly. I can't remember being eight, nine, ten years old and watching Empire Strikes Back. I'd have definitely have said in the school playground, by the way, you never guess who Luke Skywalker's fans. Yeah, yeah. But oh, kids these yeah. now are so invested in these characters yeah. that, like I say, they go into the extremes of, and like you say with Noah this morning, like, he's panicking over who's going to go. Yeah, that's you right. Because he's invested in these characters yeah. now. He's, you know, he's, he's grown up with these films over the course of, you know, they, these films have been going since before he was born. And that's what I mean when we talk about our childhood and we sort of talk about the sort of golden age of Star Wars, if you like, you know, we get called the fanboys and all the haters or whatever, don't we? Yeah, we don't yeah. like Last Jedi or yeah. whatever. It's because we like Star Wars. That's right. We don't like we're, Last we're not, Jedi. Yeah. We're not, not haters. We're not haters. We're Star Wars yeah. lovers. We're that's just, the problem. Yeah. We just don't love every Star Wars film. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's the thing. I mean, we had three films spaced over. I mean, none of us would have seen the original anyway in the cinema no. I saw Empire but I think it was about two three years after they'd been released yeah, apparently I was taken to see Star Wars in 1979 when yeah. I was a baby because my parents couldn't get anyone to look after <laughs> me I can't remember it yeah th- th- that was me going in I-, I I was just while the trailers were playing I was like can we just cut to the chase yeah my, my expectations were, f- were through the roof and how I've been recently going into these films that is unlike me but I just thought you know what I, I- I'm not going to contain them this time I've got to be honest, this this time, I mean, say I was trying to play it down all week. I've been thinking, don't. Be, I knew it was going to be good. I knew it was going to be a quality film. After even with Captain Marvel, we're very disappointed in a lot of things with that. But I knew consistency for Marvel is a strong point, and there yeah. have been weaker films, and there have been weak leaks, weak, weak leaks of the chain, if you like. Yeah, I'm not going to say they've bounced back. They've always correct, course corrected, mm-hmm. or up the stakes in the next film and improved upon it, and sort of given you almost a sort of yeah, sorry about that one. Now look at this. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think the thing which tripped us up with Captain Marvel is the fact that in our minds, or, or the last sort of biggest misstep they made chronologically was probably 2013 with Full of the Dark Full World. Dark. Yeah. Which is a lot of people's least favourite Marvel film. Then obviously 2019, Captain Marvel comes along. We're, we're riding the crest of this incredibly high wave. And for us personally, I know it's not for everyone, uh, you know, not everyone shares our opinions. It was the the weakest of all the Marvel films. Right? Well, I, I think that was I say Black Panther, which is you know it's a good film. I just think I was a little bit underwhelmed by it all because I wanted to get to Infinity War. Yeah, I now realise why we had to have Black Panther yes. before Infinity War. Yeah, but I wanted you know I was like okay yeah great introduce a new character whatever mm. you want but just give me Infinity War first, 
And you know, as we've said, Black, Mike, Black Panther was one of our favourite characters in Civil War. Oh, great, yeah. I didn't think, it was needed, just, yeah. I didn't think he needed a standalone film. That's what not, not at that point when we were all salivating over and Infinity I think, War. You know, with hindsight, I know there's been back and forth and people say whatever about Brie Larson's performance, and I've said enough, so I'm not going to get into deep waters now. Oh, there's I a think, lot wrong with that film. I think there's, yeah. but I think, I will be honest, I was probably a little bit jaded with that as well in the fact of I don't need to see a new character being introduced no. now. I just want to see Endgame. You can give me anything else afterwards, but just yes. get me to Endgame now. I've seen it. For, you know, I, I need to see it. Like I that. want these pre-established characters yeah. resolving things. I and don't again, want her coming in and, at the 11th hour and just... With, with a yeah. movie that feels like a Phase 1 movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Phase 1. That was yeah. 7, 8 years yeah, ago, exactly. 10 years ago. It's very much... I would say Captain Marvel is very much in line, really, with the, the original thought. It's sort of like, you know, that sort of almost fish out of the water, you know, we find out, you know, we find out our yeah. origins and stuff like that. But it's almost the same thing. Of Not very of, ambitious. No, yeah. some of another galaxy landed on Earth, you know? So let's go into the beginning of the film, guys. But before that, let's rewind... 12 months to Infinity War with that opening with the very sombre Alan Silvestri music the Marvel logo played pretty much in silence and then that incredible introduction on the Asgardian ship with, with Thanos with, and with the distress call the distress yeah call. from Kenneth Branagh I only found out the other day Kenneth Branagh did the voice of the he does the voice of the Asgardian uh, distress wow. call <laughs> and all that. Yeah. really yeah. Wow. Branagh, yeah. holy cow that for me was a perfect <laughs> opening for Infinity War. Yeah. Fast forward 12 months, the opening for Endgame. Mm. Obviously, uh, Clint Barton, uh, Jeremy Renner's character of Hawkeye, didn't appear at all in Infinity War. Obviously, he was sidelined, much like Ant-Man was, because he was basically under house arrest. It opens with Clint Barton teaching his daughter archery with his other two kids and his wife, played by Linda Cardellini, in the background having a barbecue. We all know what's coming. Yeah, we do. What do we think of that as an opener? Well, we didn't have him in the previous one. It was reminded me of of the um, the scene we had with him and the involvement of his family in Age of Ultron, in that he was one of those characters that we didn't really not care about. That's not fair, but he was one of the, <laughs> no, the lesser yeah, ones. I think it's he? fair to say, James, that in the first Avengers film, he was seen as a weak link. Yes, the character nobody cared about, and when Age of Ultron came around, we all thought he was going to get killed off. Yes. But his experience in the Avengers of being uh, brainwashed by Loki is used um, in Age of Ultron to give him the kind of immunity from the Scarlet, uh, isn't it? Scarlet Witches, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Whereas Thor, uh, you know, he says, you know, I am mighty. He's been, you know, kind of uh, yeah. given these illusions cap. He's, you know, he says, no, I've, uh, I've done the whole mind control thing. And then he's the one who kind of, uh, he becomes very important. He salvages that kind of situation and takes them to his secret family. And it's like, wow, we yeah. you know, we care about this guy now. He's got this likable family. He's, he's, you know. And I think in Age of Ultron, he is us. He is the viewer. He is the yes. one with, he's got no powers. Like he says, he says, all this shit's going on and I'm just a guy, you know, with a bone arrow. Bone arrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's well, he, he's he, perfect. He's even with his wife, I think it's, it's Ultron as well, she says, doesn't she? You know, he says, you know, they need me. And she says, but, you know, these are gods. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, and he is, you know, like you say, he's very good at what he does, but mm. he's highly skilled at what he does, but yeah. he's not. Doesn't he say, you're worried that they don't know, you think that they, only, they don't need me? And yeah. then she says, I'm worried that they do. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, kind yeah. of, it, it made us care about him, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I then, think Age of Ultron, you know, it gets a lot of, lot of stick, and, you know, let's address that. I personally, I, I had some issues initially when I saw the film. Saw it again the second time, liked it a lot more, and every successive time I've seen it, I know you and Richie feel the yeah. same, Neil. It's just got exponentially better. I've got. It jumps up a score every time I see it. Yes. That back in, you know, back in late 2016, where I ever did my first podcast appearance on Wrong Real, where me and James Hancock were talking about our favourite MCU films. 
even then, I think I was singing the praises of Age of Ultron, just trying to push it, and because I knew people were reeling against it. I, I, I love the film more now than I ever have, because if you go back and watch that film in particular, loads of the stuff which we've since seen reverse resonates back on that film, and you think, wow, well, that's, what we that's get. foreshadowing. Yeah. The, the, the so... Infinity Stones, yeah. you know, Thor at the end of, of Age of Ultron says someone's playing an intricate game with us, mm-hmm. using yeah. us as pawns, I'm going to try and find out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, that's when I believe Tony Stark has his vision of all of them being dead. Obviously, then his comments about we need a suit of armor around, around the, the world. world, yeah, and that's what he says to Cap at the start of this movie, which we'll probably come to now. Yeah. And you know he, he gets into him about that, and you know Cap takes it because he's like, yeah, you were right. So it's all again. I appreciate Age of Ultron now more after what I saw today. Yeah, yeah. It's just incredible investment, isn't it, in, in time. So Hawkeye's family have all uh, turned to ash. Thunder in the background. Yeah, I do, I think. That's not the first time that that crops up in Endgame. There was distant thunder in a few scenes. Yeah, well, I was to say with the uh, Infinity War ended, it was the same sound effect behind the sort of wind through the trees and the sort yeah. of distant thunder, you know, yeah. rolling and stuff like that. Yeah, it was very ominous, and it instantly brought us back to the character very well, who we didn't forget about. We all know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah as yeah. fans know, he was. Yeah, and it was a perfectly valid explanation that he was under house arrest. With well, Scott we see Land. his uh, his ankle tag. Yeah. Yes. Ties into Ant Man and the Wasp, where obviously Scott is on house arrest. He's got a tag on as well. Yes. Ties back then to the reason why, because of Civil War and the fact that they've gone against the Sokovia Accords. We're going to come to the words fan servicing. I've already seen it bandied about on social media about Endgame. Is this film full of fan servicing? Absolutely. Stuff to the girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's fan servicing for a point. It's fan servicing for the point of the story, like, yeah. let's be honest. And like you say, all right, yeah, you do get fan service. Hawkeye wasn't in the last one. Let's put in front and centre opening in this film. Mm. Caps underused in the last one. Let's make sure this character's front and centre exactly. the whole way through this one. As Thanos says, it's all about balance, isn't it? And that's, <laughs> that's one right, thing yeah. that these films are doing perfectly at the moment now is, is the balancing of characters and giving even the lesser characters significant screen time. It's also then about paying homage back to plot threads and things which were started years ago in different films. Yes, it is fan servicing, but you're talking about people who've invested their time in 21 films. It is fan service, but it's fan service very well done. That's, so what, that's what the nature yeah. of these movies yeah, is. Yeah, these, these films are not for casual viewers. No, no, absolutely. You appreciate them the more you're into them. Yeah, you definitely. Know, if you see every movie, you know them all, you know, this mm. will just be full of paybacks to your, your investment. Yeah. Again. yeah. So obviously then we've got our characters dealing with the aftermath of Thanos' click. And I think it's safe to say that for the next 20 minutes or so, we pretty much see footage that we've seen in trailers so far. All the footage we've seen is condensed into the first 20 minutes or so of the film. Yeah, Give or take a few scenes. I was going to say, because the, the first sort of thing is, let's get up there and kill him. Let's find yeah. him and see where he is. And yeah. Captain Marvel... Well, we've got Tony Stark in space. We, 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 we do also have some nice yeah, screen time with Tony Stark yeah. playing um, the, the, fin- the finger <laughs> football game. Yeah. Table football, yeah, yeah. and um, and then with Nebula, who saw that coming? Let's go back to 2014, right? You've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, you've seen Gamora's nasty sister Nebula. Fast forward about five years, and you're going to have Tony Stark and Nebula playing table football whilst they're floating in space, and she's waiting to die. Wounds and yeah. yeah, you know, it, it is just yeah. But like you said, you've got two characters who are completely unmatchable, really. But throughout the films now, you've seen Nebula's development. You've mm-hmm. seen obviously, you've definitely seen a lot of sort of Tony Stark story arc. Very quickly then, Captain Marvel turns up. There's no one left, I think. That there's there's no space-bound characters who are unaccounted for. Maybe you could have had Valkyrie yeah. and Korg and, and Creed. I'll, I'll be honest with you, that's what I was kind of hoping for, was something like that. When Captain Marvel first showed up... Meek, sorry. Not, yeah. Meek, yeah. Korg and Meek, yeah. When Captain Marvel first showed up, I was like, 
is this everything I've been dreading? That oh look, she's coming to save Tony. She's coming to save everyone. She's mm. going to be. But Even we met her five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. fairly well handled. I'll be honest. Very but, well handled. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, she. Yeah. You know, she brings the um, the guardianship back to Earth. Obviously, we've had a bit of screen time with the remaining Avengers talking about, you know, what, what are they going to do? And then Tony's back, an emaciated Tony, and then we have him confronting Cap, who he has not seen for uh, at least two years. Yeah. Straight away, there was it was almost that sort of thing. The minute he sort of staggered off the ship, him and Steve are going to shake hands, they're going to be friends, right? We're going to go battle Thanos. No. no. When the reality started settling in, mm. it was like, hang on, you lot. I told I've you been so. warning you. I've yeah. been telling you, yeah. let me say... And then that's when you get the, the payback to Ultron, yeah. don't you? Yeah, exactly. And so Tony is sidelined because obviously he's too, you know, he can barely stand. Obviously with Captain Marvel front and centre, um, you know, the, the big power hitter, they all decide to go after Thanos. Now they've got this ship that they can use and literally within the first 20 minutes or so, <laughs> we find Thanos. Yeah. We've given Fine. our spoiler warning, but um, they make short shrift of him. Chop his hand off and then realise that Nope, there's no stones. Yeah. Destroyed the stones. He destroyed yeah, because the reason they you know they they located him is because they saw this big sort of it's pulse wave and the fact that he quite used... interesting what he said as well. One of his reason for destroying him was it wasn't just like I've achieved my mission. It was he didn't want the temptation. Yes, because he would be tempted to play God. Now, if you look at it through, we were talking about this before, weren't we? That he's not necessarily a, a villain of the piece. He's got his own twisted yeah. ideals. Which we see what he, th- what, yeah. what he yeah. thinks he's doing is a result of... What happened yeah, in his own world of well, Titan, own, that's where he's overpopulated. He's, yeah, he's actually a victim of consequence, really. Yes. He's, all right, he's taking the wrong decision, he's taking the wrong path. But he'll brush people aside. He's not trying to kill anyone. He's no. just trying to achieve his mission. That's all he, he wants to do. Well, he says in this one later on, yeah, obviously, yeah. It's nothing I've ever done has been personal. Nope. Yeah. And I, I think that's why that ending to Infinity War is so satisfying because that's it. There are a lot of people agree with Thanos. And when you see some of the people <laughs> in this world and you see some of the stuff that's going on, you think yeah, Thanos could, was right. We could do with a snap. <laughs> yeah, there's too many of us. You know, you know, the planet is choking. There's, there's, there's too many people. There's not enough resources. Well, they always got the impression, like you say, when he's sort of brushing them aside in Infinity War and, and say generally not trying to kill anyone uh-huh. I always get the impression he's letting fate decide who stays alive anyway yeah. so he's like rather than me killing you now I'll let fate decide if you're lucky enough to get through a snap then you deserve to be here yeah it's down to fate yeah it's, it's like Harvey Dent says in The Dark Knight fate is or chance is fear isn't it yes, and that's it what he's putting it down to yeah so obviously um, they thought you know he chops his head off and then we're left with good little, no one knows good, good little callback I should have gone for the head Oh, again, and this is this is where the callbacks start, and I they just the keep head. coming and coming and coming. The amount of times when we were sat doing this show in this morning, we were nudging each other, we <laughs> were... And again, I was thinking, is this very similar to say, Infinity War, where you think Thanos has been killed? Is it all just some illusion that the gauntlet's put out there? No, he's generally dead. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's the end of it now. And there was a part of me thinking, they've got rid of Thanos, they've taken him out of the picture. There was a part of me that would have been satisfied with that, because we've seen enough of Thanos... Infinity War was Thanos' film. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a film told from the point of view of the bad guy. It was something that we've not seen done before. It was just a massively ballsy move on behalf of the Russos and it worked like gangbusters because, you know, everyone's criticized Marvel for, you know, its lack of poor villains. Or, yes. Yeah, or it's yeah. By far one of the greatest screen villains we've ever seen. Definitely. Oh, and in this movie, when we do see him later on he felt like a villain whereas in yeah. the last one he didn't so much as you say because it's not it's not personal but he felt yeah. like a bad guy he's, he's like 
I think with this he's, one, he's like a crusader. Yes. Yeah, but I think with this one, he's more sort of like you say. He's got his mission. He's got his little crusade. He's got his motivation. Going back, we're jumping way ahead now. But when he's seeing, oh, I actually did succeed. That mm. puts that little bit of more drive and ambition into him. I think, and a little yes. bit more urgency. That's right. Well, ambition yeah. because yeah. His, his plot then is well, not when you know you when you know you can get to the top of the mountain. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna climb a little bit higher, aren't you? You're gonna like, climb a little bit harder. Do I wait four or five years and do I waste resources and time collecting these stones, or do I take this opportunity now and get them all in one go? Yeah. yeah, of course I'm going to do that. Yeah. But obviously we'll come to that later. Then we've got a five-year time jump. Yeah. Characters go back to Earth. They can't do anything. There's no way to undo what's been done. And they're just dealing with it. Yeah, we see. What Captain. do we think of that? And, and the fact that then we're given plenty of screen time of just the oh, post-snap Earth. I think you needed to have that consequence for it to be emotionally kind of investing for mm-hmm. us. If we had that finger snap, a year wait, and then within an hour they've got a feasible plan and they're kind of well on, the, on their way which is kind of what they were doing whatever the 22 days yeah. later we're going to go and kill him you know? and, how, and that's how yeah. we felt for the first 10 yeah. minutes I thought Craig I thought this was a 3 hour movie suddenly yeah. they, they've killed him in the first 20 minutes yeah. but then oh no that was, that was pointless and we've got Steve Rogers in a in a support group yeah to, you know talking to people about look guys we have to move on even though you can see in his eye there he's not feeling that no um, and it's just it, it's slow and in comparison, we talked about Infinity War earlier, which didn't stop and yeah. felt like a bit like Mad Max, you know, kind of. Yeah. Hit with action scene after action scene. Yeah. This oh. was, yeah, somber, slow, and it was like, oh, crikey, everyone really is dead. <laughs> but how much positive resonance does that give Infinity War now? The fact that that snap meant a hell of a lot more than, boom, everyone's dead, but don't worry, they're going to come back. And that was one of the major criticisms uh, that people were sort of levelling. Like they were like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't, want to, didn't want to see two films, I want to see one. And, yeah. you know, oh, what's the point? Spider-Man's not dead. No one's ever really dead. They've, yeah. they've already announced a new film yeah. and stuff, you know. We, I think we all knew coming out of Infinity War, and we even said in the episode back last year, that everyone that disappeared as a result of the snap would come back. Yeah. And... I think for all intents and purposes, they did, didn't they? Yes. Pretty much. But, you know, again, not jumping ahead too far. A lot of characters didn't come back, and we lost further characters along. Did. We'll come to that later. So where do we go from there? Uh, we've got our, the big five-year gap, uh, during which, before we get to Thor, oh. Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Hulk. Now, obviously in Infinity War, Hulk was the, the victim of a, of a Thanos smackdown. Uh, he had his ass handed to him and then sort of regressed and wouldn't come out to play. Um, so for the rest of the film, we've got Bruce Banner front and centre. Given five years of just sitting around doing nothing, obviously there's no more wars to fight because you know Thanos has done his thing and 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 you know the universe is more at peace. We see uh, Bruce Banner and the Hulk have sort of amalgamated into a version of the character that we've seen in the comic books. What yeah. do we think of that and how that was handled? I liked it more because they never really explained how it came to be. It was just a case of I've worked this out with myself. There was mm-hmm. no scene of showing it. It was and it was generally accepted by every character already knew yeah. that it occurred. Yeah, because obviously we jumped ahead five years. And I think it's a case of show don't tell. As I was saying, off mic to James earlier on. I've only had five hours or so to digest this film, so I'm literally doing it now on the fly. Yeah. And I'm thinking if we'd seen the split Hulk and Banner again, that's something we've seen before. Yeah. Whereas this is something we haven't seen, and we've got to give credit to the Russo brothers for. Oh, it's ballsy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I just think it's going to be an adjustment period, and I'm sure on second viewing, it's all going to feel a lot more. I liked it. It made, yeah. me, it made me smile. It was it was different. We've seen him since 2008, The Incredible Hulk. His yeah. origin. Yeah, we have. Obviously not with Mark Ruffalo, with uh, yeah. Ed Norton. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I thought it was it was different. It was an example of them saying, you know what, let's try something. Because you know, they did it with Thor Ragnarok and they, you know, they split the characters. And mm. 
we didn't need to see, like you say, a redux of the Hulk origin no. story. Like you say, you've already invested best part of 10 years in this character anyway. Yeah. Before that, it was probably, well, definitely the biggest character on that slate anyway. It was the most recognisable character. Iron Man. So definitely a niche yeah. character. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a... You know, a B or C list comic book character yeah. before the MCU. I'd say the Hulk was probably the only big hitter they had on yeah, the slate, and, you know, and of course yeah. they had the problems with Paramount. There, they couldn't uh, you know, Universal. Universal, sorry, they couldn't just go yeah. off. They had to sort of cooperate and you know collaborate, didn't they? Yeah. I love the way it was just a throwaway line. You know, this, me and the big yeah. guy, me and the big guy have worked it out now. We're both happy. This is what we're doing. That's tonight. right. A bit more gamma ray. Yeah. yeah. Look yeah. at yeah. Look does, me now. does this tie back to? A level of control he's had since 2012, where he says, "My secret is I'm always, always angry." Always you know? yes. Again, so I think the more time we've got to digest this and and repeat viewings, I'm sure all of these little things, which may be things that we're not that comfortable with at the moment, as we've seen countless times before, mm. and certainly I've had with films which I've not enjoyed. First off, films like Iron Man Two, Iron Man Three, even Age of Ultron, things films which I've now grown to love over repeat viewings, where. The things you think are problems later on, you realise no, they're not. Yeah, it's just a different. It's just a unique way of doing things. Yeah. As I said, people don't like the Mandarin, but it's as Aldrich Killian says himself: "You give evil a face, then you basically paint the target on it." Yeah, he uses the Mandarin persona as a sort of smoke and mirrors thing. That's a very good idea. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. and I, I'll be honest with the Mandarin. I mean, that was my sort of. Well, we saw Iron Man three together, you know. We did. Yeah. As soon as I came out, I was like, "What a waste of a good character!" Because I love the fact you had this sort of. Middle Eastern sort of stereotypical terrorist looking with a dude, Texan with a sort of Texan deep, accent, sort of Texan accent yeah. Yeah. was really messed up. And I thought, you know, straight away just from seeing the previews of that and the trailers for it, I was thinking this is going to be a tremendous character. And it was almost like a little bit of a gut punch. Oh, it was certainly. Then you got Trevor Slattery yeah. afterwards doing the Mike well, Myers Austin, <laughs> yeah. Austin Powers impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know they've tried to retcon in one of the subsequent Marvel shorts where we actually realise that there is somewhere the real Mandarin yeah. who then does try and kill Travis Slattery in prison. Great bit of retconning, giving us a bit of reassurance that yes, you know, we've not completely bastardised the Mandarin character. I'm now completely at ease with I'm that. I'm with it. And that's, that's the thing. Yeah. If, we, if, we, if we were in a world where you had Iron Man, maybe, and Captain America films, and that was it, you would be looking for a sort of reconciliation there. You would be looking for sort of the Mandarin mm. to appear in his true form. But at a stage, it's a forgotten thing anyway. Yeah. Because you, you've moved on to X amount of different story arcs. Yeah, so you know, going back to the point that you know, I'm sure any issues we've got, some of them may not go away, but I'm sure others are going to be ironed out when we've had more time to sort of ruminate on things and certainly things which are going to benefit from repeat viewings. Yeah. So the other character that spent five years in this sort of um, low population future, Tony Stark mm. and his nice little family unit. Was it just a little bit of the sort of Rocky three, Rocky four age jump of children here? In five years, his child appeared to be at least six. I think it takes nine months for pregnancy, doesn't it? She was pregnant. She was, she was pregnant, pregnant before. Right, we'll give her that. We think she was pregnant, and I, I will give that little girl being five years old. She's okay. certainly five years That's old. That's Scott but Lang's daughter. Cassie, Cassie <laughs> is not... There's been a significant time jump Cassie's there. Cassie's nearly teens. Like. Yeah. The, literally, that was the case of Rocky goes off to but, Russia, wait. kisses his little boy goodbye, comes back yeah. and a teenager with a dangly <laughs> earrings waiting for him. But, hold that thought. We haven't come to Ant-Man yet. Yeah. Tony Stark and his new little family thing. What do we think of that? I like that. i got to be honest. I like really that. Good. Yeah. I, I thought it was a payoff that we didn't see come in. We all knew Pepper was going to be in this because, you know, those of us who had kind of done the research online. But, at the you know, the initial trailers, we all thought, you know, he's in space. He's emaciated. He looks horrific. He's going he's to lose a lot. As it turns out, though, he does okay. He, yeah. gets, he basically has five years of the life that 
he always wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, he wasn't got, expecting it. Absolutely not. He's got Pepper. He's got a, he's got a child. He's got exactly what he you know he wanted. And they talked about it at the very start of Infinity War when he says, you know, let's let's do it. You know, I had a dream that you were pregnant. So he, he's got it. He wins basically, and that's what he says. Then later on, is that you know I've, I've got everything to lose now. Well, I was going to say, is it a case of he wins, or does he just become content with losing? Because he's he's so sort of from the point of Avengers, really. The first Avengers, um, we get almost Tony Stark in like PTSD in two and you know, Iron Man two and three, and he's he's like you say he's the one who's constantly saying to everyone, you know, I've been up there, I've seen what's waiting for us. He's got to the point now of well, it's come, it's attacked, the worst has happened. I haven't got to worry about trying to protect anyone. It's almost as if yeah. he can sort of retire away from it and say, all right, I lost, but I'm going to make the best of it. But then that's Dante's character. Yeah, Tony Stark is always adaptable. Yeah, that's part of his power really isn't it the fact that he's got this amazing mind that can adapt whatever he's got in front of him to deal with the situation he's facing he's, he's facing this situation of works we, what we, he's got yeah yes. and what does he do he just well I've still got Pepper I'm just gonna, I've got a child and I'm just going to carry on as I am yeah you see he almost takes advantage of defeat doesn't he he does yeah. yeah he just goes well you know you guys keep avenging then Stark's just content to go alright guys we blew it we've you know? seen, we've <laughs> yeah. seen him yeah. try and walk away from him before haven't we because at the end of Age of Ultron yeah. when they set up the new Avengers team that's led by Cap and Black Widow Iron Man 3 same thing again yeah. the end of Iron Man 3 he's trying to step away because I'm he's saying Look, out. yeah I'm going to tap away I've done my bit now um, I've saved the world and it's like Godfather 3 in it just when I'm out well, he, he drive me yeah, back in that's the thing no matter what threat they're coming up against he's always like right we've sorted that I can walk away but you know in the back of his mind he's just seeing that portal that he went through in Avengers he's just yes. seeing what's waiting on the other side everyone else's vision in Ultron and Scarlet Witch Persimander is about themselves Absolutely. Iron Man's is not it's about seeing everyone else it's utterly selfless then as a character yeah. Yeah. when we first saw him he was utterly selfish yeah when you think about it Thor's, he even Thor's Thor. is about his own because Heimdall is telling him you've done you've all done this, this yeah. done it's all about Thor dealing with guilt about the fact that he's brought about the fall of Asgard yeah whereas Tony's is about the fact that everyone dies at the hands of someone and it's up to me now to put yeah. things in place so he's no, got that he's got that sort of guilt he's got yeah. that remorse for something he hasn't even done really when you think about it but he knows how vitally important again look we're doing it already but he knows how vitally important he is yeah everyone else can die but he has to be there of the core remaining characters we've got obviously Rocket Rhodey Nebula Captain Marvel Captain America and Black Widow are still doing the Avenging thing yeah albeit some of them are doing off in space yes. the other one who has sort of gone off and doing their own thing now? Hawkeye. Now I think chronologically, before we get to Hawkeye, do we Thor do we first? see Thor first? Yes, we do. Let's yeah. address Thor. Let's, Cause, let's... Cause, yeah, because Captain Marvel's gone off because there's other things happening on other planets. Yeah, and she's got to get a haircut. Yes, that's right. So I think that's the plot. Is like... it like Superman? Can you cut her hair? I think that's the plot <laughs> for Captain Marvel too. Basically. Let's deal with Thor. Okay, so we've got new Asgard, which looks like you know you would imagine is a nice whiskey distillery just down the road. Um, <laughs> What do we think of what Thor's been up to for five years? I like what they've done. A little bit of a callback for me. That's how I'm going to take it. When Anthony Hopkins, Odin, says in Ragnarok, Asgard is a place. This could be Asgard. Yeah. And I think he's in Norway, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. Which is a callback to the fact that obviously they're, they're Norse gods and that's obviously where all North you know, mythology comes from, mythology yeah. rather. And I liked that it's, it's new Asgard we're introduced to, isn't it? Which is this little fishing community. We are introduced, or reintroduced rather, to Valkyrie. Great to see Tessa Thompson back. Because, Absolutely. Let's be honest. Is it possible to dislike Tessa Thompson? No, she's fantastic. Every interview you see her do, she's brilliant. And I thought she was great in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and again, it was a nice Absolutely. little twist because that was one of the sort of minor slights. 
Infinity War. Did you didn't even see her, so we didn't know whether she, you know whether her and Corgan Beak were still alive or yeah. I think you know, they, they could have referenced that. Yeah, they, they could have referenced half it, of them it, escaped on escape pods or something rather yeah. than. But we find out they're in this little fishing community in Norway. Mm-hmm. She's there. She's. I think she's just finishing some trawling on network, isn't she? And yeah, yeah. They say. I think she's introduced and says, "He won't see you." So we think, oh, obviously, we're going to get a very down Thor. Mm-hmm. What we're introduced to, though, is uh. was it is it X Men Wolverine Origins? The blob. Bob, it's the blob. blob. That he reminded me throughout this entire yeah. movie of that scene, and I. I hated it. It was it was it, it was like it was like fat bastard from Austin Powers. It was a cheap laugh. I mean, right, let's let's establish that because you know, people who've obviously listened have seen it anyway. But he's basically gone off for five years. He's living a bit of a bachelor life. He's drinking loads of beer. He's playing Xbox with his buddies and, and playing Fortnite as well. Fortnite, oh, yeah. No. In five years' time, Fortnite's still going right. to be a thing. <laughs> I'm going to dress up. Chris Hemsworth does not look like Thor normally. He got a nice little physique on him, but he's very lean. He's very sort of like long muscular. When you see him doing Thor, he's probably doing 5,000, calories a day. Yeah. And he's a god. He's supposed to look like a god. If he'd not trained for two or three weeks, his physique would have looked noticeably different to what it looks yeah. like in Thor anyway. You could have given him a little bit of a paunch. You could have given mm-hmm. him through a T-shirt. The way it was done, like you say, it looked like a fat bastard. But yeah, it, it was too broad, it was too on the nose. We were very vocal in this film, weren't we? Yeah. As much as we try not to sort of disturb our fellow cinema goers, there, there were moments where we were gasping, clapping, cheering. It was a good laugh, but it was it was a cheap laugh. Like I said, I think it just could have been done better. I don't think... Yeah. That sort of humour fitted perfectly into Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. This film, which had such a overall dour tone for the first quarter, the first third of the film, yeah, we, we didn't need this. This was too jarring. And then... When you've got these, for want of a better word, silly Thor scenes, and then you segue then into Black Widow going after Hawkeye. You know, going from those scenes to him, was it was it a one shot of, of him basically going through that Japanese yeah, beautifully was... neon lit street killing Yakuza? Yakuza. Yakuza. Yeah. yeah, it was um, yeah. the guy that he ends up killing is Hiroyuki Sanada who played the character Akihiko. Mm. Now, he is in Last Samurai, yeah. and he's also in a fantastic film from, I think, about maybe 2004, 2005, called The Twilight Samurai. Japanese film, basically about a samurai. Absolutely amazing. Anyone who hasn't seen it, I urge you to seek it out. It's a fantastic film. Yeah, he turns up, and we see the fact that, obviously, after Clint has lost all his family, he's reverted to his former assassin type and he's gone well a year before that he's going after um, Mexican drug cartels, Mexican drug cartels. Yeah, so, he's actually trying to keep track of him isn't he whereas you know, Natasha it looks like she's got full on PTSD so is Cap he's trying to sort of positively deal with it and help other people Hawkeye's gone completely the other way because let's be honest he's lost more than anyone else mm. and he's just gone on a kill crazy rampage yeah it's almost as if like you say with him being if you like in sort of inverted commas the weakest Avenger that he's a little bit disappointed that the mightiest well, Earth's mightiest heroes if you like a sat around getting drunk in Norwegian villages. Yeah. So he's like, right, I'll take on board and I'll do what I can. And like you say, whether that's Mexican cartels or Yakuza or whatever, he's actually trying to regain some order in the world, isn't he? He is, yeah. Little bits with that. There was a few bits where I was like, okay, half the people are gone, but New York's not going to be deserted. New York's overpopulated. Yeah. You know, there were little things like that. And I was thinking, well, people I, would be taking advantage. No, but people would be taking advantage of this now because you snap your fingers, half the police force is gone. Mm-hmm. Half the army is gone. Half the government is gone, yeah. you know? And I, I could see perhaps they probably didn't do enough with this story. Like, well, they could have made out that there were some sort of crime bosses trying to take advantage of the fact now that, yes. you know, so I think Clint had taken it upon himself, hadn't he, to sort of rectify that problem. Yeah. 
So obviously, you know, there are characters that they stand five years on. And then we apologize if we're missing anything key out. Then we go to a little storage lockup in San Francisco and Hank Pym and, and Scott Lang's sort of quantum realm van. It's in the lockup. And the end of scene of Batman and the Wasp where he has gone into the He's quantum, in the quantum realm. realm. Yeah, we see uh, three clouds of dust because Hope and Mr. and Mrs. Pym have been vanquished. So yeah. I think a rat is playing on the controls of the van, isn't it? And it activates yeah. it, and Scott comes out and he introduced it to him almost immediately with a bit of comedy and that he, he holds that sign up with help on it to the security guard yeah. he's a funny character but yeah. then straight away we go from comedy to tragedy and we get a, a couple of minutes with him struggling to comprehend what's happened because he's obviously been out of the loop he's wandering yeah. around he's trying to ask people what's happened and they're just you know gazing at him and he goes to the, the memorial that's in San Francisco to the vanished and he's looking for uh, his daughter's name, and he sees his own name on there, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah. Now, that bit, I think we were saying earlier off mic, is putting what could in this film be secondary characters, but it's put in front and centre, and it's taking time to show them absorbing now the fact that you know Scott had no knowledge of the. Well, it's, the I'm going to say, if you look at that, it's, it's sort of a perfect sort of storytelling ideal they've done there. You look at that man and a wasp. That film has nothing to do with the events of Thanos and Infinity War, bar that last sequence, mid yeah. credit sequence. That was all you needed. The aftermath is when you get his story, really, isn't it? You know, the quantum realm is all stuff that was set up back in 2015 yeah. with the original Ant Man, and then in Ant Man and the Wasp, we're given this little. You know, it's not a throwaway line. It, it, I think it kind of sticks out quite obviously when um, Janet Van Dyne at the end says, "Be careful, you don't go anywhere near a time warp." Yeah. Obviously, that line is put in because it's going to become relevant um, in the future. Then he goes and finds that his daughter's aged rapidly and she's got probably Methuselah syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I, again, with that, it was the sort of... Obviously, she'd aged about 10 years in five. Yeah. Because I think she's got to be... If we're saying that, if we're saying the Stark Jr. is five, I'd say Cassie's about five. No, no, Cassie probably, I'd say, is about six yeah, or okay, seven. Yeah, or okay, so, so I'm, going, I'm, yeah, I'm going for the second one. All right, we'll go six or seven. Six. That, six, girl, six. that girl was 19, 20. She, she was much older than she should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So then he says, hi, Cassie, I know I've been away for five years, but um, I'm going to leave you again. Because I'm now going <laughs> to go immediately. to... Yeah, I'm going to drive across the country. Yes, I guess I'm this, off. Yeah. <laughs> So he then goes to Avengers headquarters, turns up, and ultimately we get to the major plot point of Ant-Man being the one who effectively can undo everything and save everything because of his experience in the quantum realm. Yeah. Let's go back to 2015 where we saw Ant-Man and we thought, oh yeah, you know, it's a lot of fun, he's great and all, do we really need this character? And again, what does he do in Civil War? You know, a year later, yeah. turns up for about maybe 10, 15 minutes, completely steals the show. It wasn't ballsy enough that back when they originally conceived of this version of Ant-Man, they were going to use the least popular version of Ant-Man from the comics. They were going to ditch Hank Pym, they were going to make him much older. They were going to use Scott Lang, a character that wasn't well-liked at all. But then, obviously, coming to the point we're at now, the fact that he is the key to all of this. And I think, didn't we even discuss this months or maybe years ago, the fact that, yeah... I think Ant-Man is going to be a key to all of this. Yeah, and again, it works out in Paul Rudd because I don't, I don't think it's possible to dislike Paul Rudd either. Mm. But his actual character comes across, like you say, all right, he's a bit of a lovable rogue, but he's a bit of a Robin Hood character, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, you know. But uh, you see that, all right, yeah, he is a bit of a fuck up, you mm. know. But he loves his daughter. He is a bit of a fuck up, but he proves good to his ex-wife. He is a bit of a fuck up, but he looks out for his friends. Oh. So you get invested in the character anyway. But like you say, then you put the other slant to it. 
with the quantum realm, and then all of a sudden it's like this is opening up a world of possibilities. But not yeah. only that, that he's got he's got the key to sorting this out. He's also got a good degree of agency because now he wants to get Hope back. Yeah, he wants to get Hank back, who's become a bit of a father figure to him. He hasn't lost his daughter, but he's lost the second and third most important people in his life. But he's he's actually found he's lost the foundations of his new life. Yeah, if you like. And whereas the rest of the characters at this point have had five years to get over things, it's all still raw and fresh for him. Oh, yeah. Day one, isn't it? Yeah. It's been five hours yeah. for him. You know, again, this is all sinking in as we discuss it. And, and it, it works, doesn't it? Because like you say, if you <coughs> you've got Thor going off and just sort of drinking himself into oblivion, you've got Tony Stark going off and just thinking, right, I'll just make the best of what I've got. Yeah. You've got Cap still trying to help people. Black Widow is clinging on to some sort of semblance of still being part of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Avengers or whatever like yeah. that they've all gone through that we can fix this stage mm. they've got to this sort of acceptance stage Scott mm. Lang now being thrown in five years later is going we can fix this yeah and it so is. everyone's always cynical it's like yeah, we tried yeah. that before mate it didn't work and he's, he's, he's persistent isn't he yeah they even say to him look slow down you're, you're just it's like as if his time his short time in the quantum realm and I think doesn't, his brain a little bit, yeah, doesn't Janet Van Dyne say that this place alters you yeah it almost, it's almost like it forces upon you like a form of evolution because Janet has obviously changed yeah. she's got these powers. abilities yeah. which she didn't have before yeah. her powers were technological she didn't have powers per se it was just her suit now she's come away from that with abilities that she didn't have before obviously we can see something has changed in Scott he is not the same character he's a lot more yeah, yes he's, he's still wisecracking and joking because that's ultimately who he is but there's a lot more urgency yeah. and agency Anx- to his yeah, character anxiousness about him, yeah. Isn't there? yeah and I think that worked perfectly yeah has Paul Rudd been anything other than outstanding in any of these films he's just nailed the character haven't he I yeah. mean, this is, this is a, it's a cliche to say but so often now you can't you can't imagine anyone else being no. Ant-Man now can you and I don't think Ant-Man and you know the Ant-Man character and Paul Rudd gets enough credit no incredibly enjoyable films and he, he just works again you know as we'll come to later when we talk about the casting later on Superb. Yeah, he's brilliant. Obviously, now we've got what we're going to do. Tony Stark initially is reluctant, but then you put a seed in his mind, you give him a problem. It's like a Rubik's Cube. You put it in front of him, I and think he's got to work it out. I think that's almost... They didn't imply that, but it was almost like the sort of, they dangled the carrot there, didn't they, saying, no one else can sort this out but you, and he went, but I'm not sorting it. And then yeah. a little bit of Stark ego came back, and no one else can sort this but me, so I'm going to show everyone I can sort it. No. We go, we go on about the broad humour that maybe didn't work with Thor. What do we think about Scott Lang as a baby, as an old man? <sighs> it was alright. It didn't offend yeah. me, no. you know. It, it, again, cheap laugh. Yeah, cheap and laugh. I think what saved it then is just that little line afterwards where Tony Stark turns up and says, what happened? Did he turn into a baby? Yeah, because the problem is you tried to push him through time, but actually what you actually ended up doing is you ended up pushing time through him. Yeah. yeah. Don't think about it too much because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Think about it on a surface level, and yeah, that, that one line is enough to say, "Okay, Tony, you're far more intelligent than I am. I'll take that." Yeah, I think that would say that was one of the noticeable bits. The good thing about Marvel, I find a lot of the time, is a lot of those sort of jokes are very sort of fit into the to the scene. The Scott Lang thing, I think it just went on one or two generations, yeah, generations yeah, yeah. too much. If he come back as a baby first, or then come back as an old man, that would have been enough for me. You don't need to come back as a teenager now. No, and, you know, yeah. we get we get the joke, like you say, it's a bit of a cheap laugh, and then it's a bit mm. of it's a little bit too on the nose there. But like you say, the other side of it is you got Paul Rudd that comes up with the line that he, he was either baby me or all me that wet my pants, or, yeah, it, might be, or yeah. it might be current me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so then Tony, um, again, it's a it's a bit of sort of almost um, Star Trek problem solving where we're not given too much. Um, Information as that shapes into a dome or something. Yeah, I don't he know does a nice <laughs> geometric shape um, of I don't even know what it is. 
Let's, let's not go into the yeah. techno babble behind it. But he solves the problem. He comes up with, I think he calls it a temporal GPS yeah. sort of uh, band, which gives you the ability when you go into quantum realm to navigate it. Mm. So you can navigate space and time. But obviously the issue we've got is because Hank Pym is no longer there. And again, you know, they're thinking of everything. Limited. Yeah, Scotland can't go sh- shrinking into the quantum realm at whim because he's going to run out of Pym particles and the only person that can create them is Hank Pym. So obviously that gives them a bit of, you know, urgency in the fact that they've got to get these teams together and they've got to, in as little as few jumps as possible, get hold of all of the Infinity Stones. So they split them all up into teams. What do we think about the segmenting of, of the Avengers off into different teams to go on this sort of time-travelling mission? I think, again, you've got this that sort of classic thing that they, they've done in Infinity War, they've done in several of the other films now where they've broken off their teams, it works. Again, it was another thing where we all fell foul of watching the trailer and going, oh, look, there's all of them walking towards the time-travel machine, we know what's going to happen. 90% of that wasn't it it was let's no. be honest yeah. Thor, Thor was completely different Banner was completely yeah. different Black Widow was completely different <laughs> you know that's right and yeah. it, you know, we should learn that lesson really you try and second guess these films but you never will really will you I think the pairings were quite effective it was nice to see Tony and the Cap back together yeah. after two years of not speaking the last time they spoke they were fighting it was nice to see them again and back in the familiar territory those of us who've done our research and uh, you know saw the Photos from the the sets of Chris Evans in his Captain America uniform, thinking, "What's New York 2012 got to do with it?" Yeah. And suddenly we've got that fantastic sequence where, as we talked previously uh, off mic, as as it were, of immediately after that moment when Loki says, oh, "You know what? I think I will have that drink now." And then suddenly it's like, "Did they film this scene then?" Yeah. <laughs> they all look like... exactly. Yeah. You know, Tom Hiddleston's back, obviously. And you know, filming scenes for this, even though he doesn't say a great deal, he's making a few comments, and it's like, wow, this is fantastic. It all felt like a deleted scene that was being observed by our heroes now from the original movie. Exactly. Like, oh, it just worked so well. But but seeing those characters, that those three go off, and who else do we have then? We had um, uh, Rhodey and uh, uh, Nebula. Um, Nebula, sorry. Who went in the ship with Black Widow? Black Widow and, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye to the first planet that we were introduced to the character in the. Brilliant intro for Guardians of the Galaxy One. Yeah, with the uh, the, you know, the dancing sequence. Come and get your love. Come and right, get yeah. your love. But he's dancing around, and but then they just spark him out. And yeah, it was like, but, oh, but it, it was talking about like watching the film with another character because obviously, I mean, you've got Chris Pratt sort of dancing along to come and get your love. And it's done as a big sort of musical number almost. Yeah. And then we see it from the other side where he's just got his headphones on. He's got his headphones on. And you can hear him singing the song yeah. badly. Yeah. <laughs> it was so sort of meta, but it sort of works so brilliantly, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. yeah. And he gets knocked up by War Machine. Yeah. So you know, they're going on these little side quests. We're not going to you know spend too much time going into detail about them. But well, look, there's well, one detail we are. In fact, to. all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my friend. <laughs> because obviously they they go to Morag. They go to 2014 to back to Guardians of the Galaxy time. They go back to 2012 to one of our favorite films, to the Avengers. The and then they go. They've got the balls to take us back to the film, the one of the films, one of the most maligned of the MCU. For the Dark World. Yeah. Surely they could have gone together Ether when the Collector had it. They would have been far more... Didn't think about that earlier. They, 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 but then that would have been far less interesting. They would have turned up, they would have taken it from Benicio Del Toro with no trouble at all. But was Thor aware of the fact that Odin had sent uh, Vorstag and Lady Sif off with Ether? Yeah, Maybe he, he was unaware of it. No, he was because of uh, Infinity War. Only an idiot would give that to Collector or a genius. 
Yes. Ah. So he knew it was there. Yes. Right. Yes. But either way, it gives us a chance to go back and see Thor. Well, we get the sort of bat that New York would give us short straight for the year because, like, what oh, happens to this now? Because... And, oh. and well, what, yes. we, what we're probably thinking on the same page here, we get Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk, talking to the Ancient One. The Ancient One, Tilda Swinton. Swinton. Now, what's she doing there? And she's she... fighting with the the, yeah, the, the, uh, the Chitari. You were thinking that, you know, all this time we were thinking no one else was there. She's shooting down Chitari. Yeah, exactly. protecting the Sanctum. Yeah. Well, 117 Bleaker Street was still there, obviously, and Absolutely. obviously at the time in 2012, we before the know. events we, of Doctor Strange. No, there, we, we didn't. For me, that was oh, that was one of the highlights of the but film. But then we get the aftermath of the Battle of New York, and this, I thought, was genius, because we get a sort of Back behind the scenes, let's get rid of Loki and the Scepter and blah blah blah. But Cap has to go in a lift, and he's in well, the if, lift. In fact, this Brock, Brock Rumlow, we've got Agent Sitwell. They turn up. We've got the Avengers after the you know the, the things we see off screen of them having to deal with a Shield bureaucracy, and then we've got that lift scene. Well, the, we also got someone else coming back into it, haven't we? We've got Robert Redford coming back well, into it. Well, Robert Redford, yes. who apparently had retired not too long ago when the, he did... The old man with a gun was the his man, last yeah. film. He was not going to film anything after this. But he'll come back and do... Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. But, uh, and again, I think you and me, there was an audible gasp when Robert Redford did He was like up. the last person I expected to see yeah. it. But like I say, the little lift scene, we got crossbones in there. we got, you know... Yeah. It's, oh, oh. And it's like that great fight scene from, you know, from... With with the the we don't want to see that again. But we're, we're thinking, this is exactly the same thing. I was mouthing it to my missus next to me and I literally said if anyone wants to get out you know, now will be the time yeah. Yeah. and then what does he do he leans in Hail Hydra Hail oh, Hydra fantastic perfect perfect oh. and then he just walks away and yeah. they're all in the elevator like oh that was strange but yeah he's obviously now, one of us you could argue that all of these scenes are fan servicing personally I don't give a shit whatever they are <laughs> Just you know, no, fans, fan service is oh, you know, putting something in for the sake of it for the fans. Yeah, yeah fan service is hey, this one's got Lando in it. That's yeah, fan service. Right. This was this was it actually made sense to the storyline. Yeah. Plus, it gave a chance for Loki just to uh, find his way oh, out. Yeah. Loki, who's now been gagged, he manages to pick up the tesseract and remove himself from the equation. Yeah. Now the tesseract being obviously the space stone he's gone somewhere else he's not gone somewhere else yeah so at some point in 2012 after the battle of new york loki who in our timeline ends up being taken back to asgard and held prisoner we like to see in thor the dark world he ends up going somewhere else yeah. so obviously it's been mooted the fact that in the new disney plus uh channel mm-hmm. there's going to be also oh, disney plus streaming service is going to be a loki standalone show everyone's thinking well how can they do that he's been killed is mm. this the setup is this it we've now got that space between that and him being in that cell what yeah. happened what? now depending on how much they adhere to these new sort of ideas of time travel they've set up in this film is this going to be the loki that doesn't get redeemed in for the dark world and Thor Ragnarok is it going to be the, the Loki well, yeah because you say it's the events of the Dark World and Ragnarok really yeah the, the turning back the turning back round the turning back round yeah, round, yeah. you know uh, the events of the <sighs> original Avengers yeah the possibilities he's, are endless he's still a complete swine we don't need an answer to it now but no. there's a question that's on our minds it, it is and it I love that you can see with the rules of time travel there was like so many cliches coming out and then they started referencing them going you're thinking about Back to the Future you're thinking about Terminator yeah. <laughs> and then Rhodey is literally <laughs> yeah, between them yeah. Yeah. but let's, it, let's just see for a second that that's three here and we get, finally find out we have to do something and we get a time machine what's the first thing you're going to think oh I mustn't speak to anyone in the past yeah. you're going to think I mustn't bump into my mother in high school or whatever yeah, you yeah, know yes. and I'm like don't bring any robots back <laughs> so the moment in the film where I actively thought how the hell are they doing this was when Banner is trying con- trying to convince the ancient one to yeah. give over the time stone she's like look I'm really sorry I'd love to help you but I'm not gonna be giving this over just to save your 
future because your future isn't necessarily mine. She is obviously reluctant to give over the time stone until Banner says, yeah, but you know, Doctor Strange gave over the time stone to Thanos willingly. At which point... Face changes. The face changes. She thinks, well... And again, she's in 2012. She said, well, Doctor Strange is currently... 20 blocks away yeah, from surgery. Yeah. yeah. Time for us means something different to what it does for her. She, you know, she, she's looked ahead in time. She has possessed the time stone for God knows how long. She's got this ability to just know future events. She knows soon as Banner says that, that, okay then, he's the best of us. He'd given up the stone for a reason. It added a new dimension to it as well, didn't it? Because it, it was... In Doctor Strange, he's not treated as... You know, there's never any throwaway line with, he is the chosen one, he'll be the greatest of us all. But she... She knew that, she knew but, that, but yeah. she never alludes to it, does she? No. It's almost as if she less... The fact that she came up with that now yeah. I, I was think an even bigger sort of shock. By the point you have that beautiful scene in Doctor Strange where she's slowing down time at the moment of her death, she is basically handing over the mantra of Sorcerer Supreme to Doctor Strange. So from that point onwards, I think she's got complete faith in him. She's probably had it all along. Because she knows what's going to happen. She knows. She's always seen her, her own death. She says, I've viewed this moment countless times. But I think actually, doesn't she say she can't see past this she moment? Can't, she can't so see past that moment. She can't see past 2016. So when Banner comes back with knowledge of events she's never seen, yeah. she thinks, well, okay then, I'll put my trust in him that he's done this for a reason. Yeah. Here's the stone. So they've got the time stone. They've got the mind stone. After that fight where Cap bumps into himself and he's like, you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> and we have a fight of Cap fighting Cap. Cap. That was well done. It was brilliantly done. But as a result, they they've lost the Tesseract, haven't they? They've lost the Tesseract. But then they go further back in time to 1970. Yeah, now this, it was getting to the point where I was like, when they went on about we can go back, there was a time I thought, is this going a bit too back to the future too now? We're going to be jumping back Forward. They're going to see themselves, see yeah. themselves. Yeah. See themselves, see yeah. themselves. Oh, the third time that they've handled perfectly. And and what does it do for me, Neil? It's a callback to one of my favourite yeah. scenes in the MCU is 1974 Howard Stark talking to his future son and then you've got these unresolved issues which are carried further then into Civil War where Tony Stark is never able to resolve things with his dad. Because he hadn't been a dad, he hadn't been a dad himself before that, had he? That. What are we now? Yeah, yeah. How many yeah. hours on are we from this film? We <laughs> saw, you know, think of that. We saw this from probably about six hours, seven hours ago. And as we're talking about these things now, the little problems that I've I've got with the film are just diminishing further because you've got these just little nuggets of absolute genius, which are just you had the thing with the ancient one. Now you've got this. I'm thinking, how far back were they planning this? Yeah. Because literally all the way through, he's been sort of almost sort of come to a peace with the fact that his dad was a very sort of driven person and, yeah. and you know a sort of very career minded person mm. and wasn't the father he yeah. wanted. He never had time to have children. All of a sudden, got the time to have Thanos children. gave him time yeah, to have Thanos children, time. and he was like as if he was just saying to his dad, "Look, I really appreciate everything you've done. You had to, yeah. you played the the cards you were dealt. You know, you're gonna be all right, type thing." Yeah. It doesn't change his future. It doesn't change no, his... It was but it was, nice. a, it was a lovely, a beautiful moment. Yeah. And we get another 10 minutes of John Slattery yeah. as Howard Stark. And we get as well, which I hope, which was very fleeting. I was quite surprised by this. That what I hope is the last Stanley cameo. Yes, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know they said they filmed a few more. The one, the more rats thing in Captain Marvel I thought was great. They should have made him look as he looked in more rats. 1995. Yeah, 1995. Stan Lee, yeah. 1970, Stan Lee driving past with a young beauty saying, hey man, make, you know, make they me love that more. more, yeah. Look like 1970 Stan yeah. Lee. That works yeah. brilliantly for me. But I hope that's the last time he's Yeah, I think I don't, it is. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. No. I just, I, I, what I don't want to see is CGI Stanley as well. No, that's right. I've got to be honest with you, it, looking at this one compared to the one in Captain Marvel, 
I probably would have been happy if he'd left it out with the Captain Marvel. Yeah. Well, I thought that was perfect. You had the Stanley Marvel logo at the beginning of the Captain Marvel, which you know yeah. stopped us all dead in our tracks. Rest in peace, Stanley. Yeah. So uh, where are we now? So we're in the seventies. We've got we're the seventies. We've yeah, we've got the pin particles. We've now got the space stone. We've got time. We've got the mind. We've got the power stone. Reality stone. The ether. The, the ether. Yeah. Obviously, we see a brief sort of cameo by. Natalie Portman. Oh, did we? Uh, well, you know, we talked about this off mic earlier. I, I asked the guys, you know, if you knew, did she refilm anything? She didn't say anything. It just, so, so it all looked like. Yeah, it, did, it did seem. Because I said, I did the rumour that she was in it. Like you said, that could have been just a. Yes. An offcut of. Yeah. Know, it, it didn't a news footage from Thor the Dark World. Now, Rene Russo coming back. Yes. And again, I was thinking, oh, we can see Odin as well. I was like. I'm no, glad, we don't glad, need to. Glad, no. No, I'm glad we didn't. Yeah, yeah he's, he's sent yeah. off was brilliant. Perfect. Yeah. But f- with Frigga, she was killed, and obviously he never had the chance to say goodbye. Whereas with his dad, he got the chance. He did, and it, it was a really nice scene because it was like she—he was trying to pull the ball over her eyes, and she was like, "No, son, I was, I was brought up. I was raised by witches. You're not my. You're not my Thor. Are you. Yeah. And it was just really nicely done. And again, it, it just makes me wish they hadn't gone so far with the changing look of Thor so he didn't look so stupid. Because Yeah, because at, at that point when she was saying you're not my Thor, it was like, clearly he's not your Thor. Yeah. You know, he looks nothing like your yeah. Thor. That's right. You know, so... Different eyes, scar on his face. It's a, you know, and eight stone heavier. It doesn't yeah. really work, does it? He should have just said, no, I'm not. But, you know, and explained himself. Yeah, it was a little silly with him. Yeah. With, with, you know, he was obviously with Rocket Raccoon. It was like, you know, okay, I'll do this, you do this. And, yeah, you know, that, that silliness yeah, from his yeah. introduction. I don't, I don't, oh, I'll do it. it was I a don't bit, buy for a second that Thor would have gone that way. But let's just say he had. He had his chance for redemption here now. And he guessed they were rocking. He's like, I'm going to go find my father's wine. Like, that's not going to happen. No, it's that's, not. It's, just, it's not. You know, like I say, it's just... He's out the character. He's not the character that he was... And he was so well handled in Infinity War. Yeah, he was. He was the man. He came out of the god. Yeah. At the end of Ragnarok, when Odin, right. all powerful, says to him, "No, you're not as strong as me. You're stronger." Yeah. And he, and he, he realizes how powerful he truly is. Yeah. Well, that's you what know, we were saying in our Captain Marvel episode. One, it was they sort of just went bang, and you've got powers. And she went, "Okay, I got powers." Thor, like you say, until we get to Ragnarok, he's not the God of Thunder. He's called the God of Thunder, but it's like you're called the God of Thunder for a reason. He's only yeah. Ragnarok that he actually realises his That's potential. Right. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't have his hammer in the first yeah. one and he's entirely powerless. But but we do get, like you say, with the, the little conversation there, we do get that he finds out he's still worthy. So there's a little bit of a character arc. And yes, and he how, also... How does he find out he's worthy? By retrieving Mjolnir. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> and I thought, right, when he gets back on the transport the thing he'll reappear but Mjolnir he won't bring that yeah. back with him but he did he did put a pin in that because obviously that'll crop up later oh, and then we've got the retrieval of the final stone where you've got Black Widow and Hawkeye going back to Ormia to get the soul stone and we all know what you've got to do and doesn't uh, Nebula give a little line of something like I hope they don't fall out on the way because obviously she knows that only one of them is going to be coming back yeah that's a little throwaway line that I I paid no mind to at the time but no, as I've been digesting this that is one of the little things that came back to me then it seems strange that Nebula knew there was no point to her going there yes because she Look, she set the coordinates she can't sacrifice anyone yeah. she set the coordinates on the ship for those two to go there she did she did it because all. there's no point in a Rhodey going there is there no, and she, there's, no there's no point Rhodey and Hawkeye going there or no. Rhodey and um, Black Widow going there it had to be two people that cared for each other so she decided once they got there 
Yeah, we'll take on Star Lord. Uh, you two got bigger fish to fry. And then we get the Red Skull again. The Red Skull again. Uh, I still it wasn't Hugo Weaving, was it? No, it was no. Yes, uh, the dude from uh, Walking Dead in that kind of was it? Yeah, it. it but he, again, he played his part perfectly. Yeah, did. It, it, he did. It fits him perfectly. Yeah. And then you've got the bit where they go to the edge of the cliff, and you think one of them's gonna just throw the other one off, but no, we get a bit of. Fast forward in time, oh, and thought, they're, they're both the sitting obvious, around trying to work out. I what thought to the do. obvious thing, like, yeah, one of them's just going to commit to a story and sacrifice yeah. themselves. But no, 10 no. minutes later, we get, and that's where the humor works. That's where the humor yeah. works, where Hawkeye's saying to him, We'll just be a minute, pal. That's when the humor works. It doesn't have to be obvious no. humor. And then, obviously, you've got the bit of those two trying to sacrifice each other. And then finally, when Hawkeye did have a clear run, I thought, Yeah, he's going to do he, it. Makes he's, sense. He's, and going, it, going back to a line from Black Widow, he has now got a lot of red in his ledger. He's done a lot of bad things just out of pure anger and despair. And so it almost made sense as well for him to sacrifice himself to get his family back. That's right. You know, even if I'm not there to see him, they're going to be back. But Natasha, she's pretty much lost everything. She hasn't got any family anymore. Like she says, before I had nothing, then I had this. Now this has all been taken away. Yeah. Did we expect, first off, Black Widow to die? Did we expect to see her die in a, in this way? Because I've got to be honest with you guys, when I was sat there watching this, I'm thinking, yes, it's that Back to the Future element, where you see, or Back to the Future 2, where you see an event played out in a similar fashion to what you've seen before, but it, it works. It did, and I, of the two, I was convinced it was... When Hawkeye took the big... They had a little skirmish, and they had a little fight, and then <laughs> she, she tried to jump, and then he yeah. goes clear, right? I thought... Right, Hawkeye's a goner, and I perfectly understood the, the motivation behind it. Yeah. And it was almost like, okay, perhaps we've got to the point with this character now. Like you said, because we're not going to see a Hawkeye movie. We're not going to see a Ronin movie. No. Yeah? No, that's right. There's talk of a Black Widow. I know it's going to be a prequel story, or it's bound yeah. to be a prequel story. But she seemed like a character that was going to be probably more likely to have more legs in it. You know? Definitely. But when he ran and made the jump, I was like, fantastic way for him to go out. And then, yeah. boom, we get the, the shock. He ain't going nowhere. No, and it was at that point where you, you've got her falling to her death and we know pretty much that, yeah, as he later confirms, she's gone now. Yeah, and landing in the same, exactly the same position. She's gone over with it. And with her head all, you can yeah. see all the blood. blood. And, yeah. 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 They, they, didn't, they didn't hold back at all. And it was at that point where I thought, right, my God, no amount of guessing or predicting could have prepared me for that. I, I could not have come up with a thing where I thought, yeah, do you know what? we're probably going to end up seeing Hawkeye do exactly what Thanos did and him sat in the pool yeah, waking, waking up, up retrieving the soul stone at that point I'm thinking how do you think that far out of the park and yeah. and, and and I just don't understand it and credit to Stephen McFeely Christopher Marcus and the Russo brothers the writing in this film and some of the ideas they've come up with and the things they followed up on is just it's phenomenal he goes back you know they're all there and, and they're like yeah yeah we did it and Rhodey's like yeah, yeah, yeah we really just pulled yeah. this off yeah. and he's like salt isn't saying no. yeah. and they're like where's Natasha yeah she's gone and then we've got them trying to work out and I like the fact that they don't immediately use the stones they're trying to think about this now they're thinking yeah. right now we've got them what are we going to do which one of us is going to wield them because we've seen before well, of course, we've got the other great thing as well. That, uh, Nebula's come back. It's not Nebula. We've missed that bit, haven't we? Oh, yes. We've had a whole subplot of, yeah. Nebula's now gone there. Thanos has cl cl clicked onto the mission. Yes, because now that Nebula is back in 2014... Her memory is on the same network as 2014 yeah. Nebula. So it's oh. playing... So Thanos so accesses all of her memories. Yeah. Sees everything that's happened. So basically, every bit of advantage the Avengers got of in... We're gonna go behind the scenes. We're gonna go back in time. We're gonna do. We're gonna pull the rug from underneath yeah. you before you even know we exist. Go he now goes. Not only do I know you exist, I know exactly what you've done. 
again, going back to the writing, is there any cleverer way to bring Thanos back into the fold after we've seen him beheaded? No. There isn't, because... You instantly go, that was, yeah, okay, Thanos is dead. Oh, hang on, no, now we're going to battle 2014's version of Thanos. Yeah, a, a Thanos. And we get the great thing of all his little henchmen coming back. Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's right, a Thanos who hasn't had the necessity to play the long game is a Thanos that's now had everything put in front of him and thought, you know what? I'm not going to fuck around with resources and time and whatever and go after these stones. this person and that. And <clears throat> I'm just going to do this, that, whatever, and I'm going to get them all at once. Yeah, because they say he's basically engineered pretty much the plot line for virtually every... Yeah, he's, He certainly had a hand in it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at some point. You know, it's all been a long play, a long yeah. game. Now he's going, like you say, all in one hit. Great. Yeah. And he knows he can do it now. That's the thing as well. He's on a, He was on his little mission before. He's on his, his quest. He knows he's, he's seen it. Yeah. If you like, he's, he's, seen the, he's seen the trophy before he's even run the race. So, so yeah, I'm successful. Yeah. Um, I actually get to do, you know, what I wanted to do for decades or centuries or yeah. whatever it's been. Obviously, they come back with the stones and it falls to... And a dodgy oh, nebula. Yeah, and a dodgy, you know, earlier version earlier of nebula. Earlier version of yeah. nebula. And then it falls to Hulk to wield this sort of Iron Man glove that's got all the stones on it because, as he says... The stones give off mostly gamma radiation. It's almost as if I was made for this. Yeah, it's the obvious choice, isn't it? Yeah. Quicker than I thought it would happen. He puts the glove on. Click. And all of a sudden then, Hawkeye's phone goes phone off, goes. doesn't it? Yeah. His wife yeah. is ringing. Scott is sort of looking outside, sees a bird and whatever. And it's almost as if now he's got some sort of extrasensory perception. And he knows because he says, he says, guys, well, I think we did it. as well, because that was the thing I picked up on. They were saying, like, living creatures have been half the living creatures because yeah, I thought I thought it was just population people, it was half of life it was yeah. half of life wasn't yeah. it because I think that was the thing with the birds it was suddenly it was a big swarm of birds wasn't it yeah. it was like sort of like I haven't seen that for such a long yeah, time yeah. type thing yeah. you know our heroes there and they think they've uh, done it all they've reversed the you know the, the big click hopefully everyone's back not long you know they haven't got time to rejoice before Thanos turns up in his massive ship travels through the quantum realm doesn't he Yeah. because yes. it's, it, it's growing Bursts through the, uh, you know, the the, the roof of uh, the new Avengers facility, and then all of a sudden, just blast the shit out of the place. Yeah, I mean, to just blast the shit out. It totals it, doesn't totals it? Totals it. Yeah. Now this was a bit when I was a bit like, oh, how many of them survived this? All of them. Yeah. All of them. And that was yeah. a little bit because if it had just been like the Mandarin shooting up Tony Stark's gaff yeah. in Iron Man three, yeah. I can kind of accept that you can get away with that. That place was like it was like as if they dropped a nuclear bomb on it, wasn't it? Yeah, and they, yeah, they all conveniently survived, but yeah. but we'll let that go. Yeah. So then, obviously, Thanos turns up with his Black Order. And it was great to have those back. It was because as much you know, it it didn't feel cheap at all. It made sense. This was the 2014 Absolutely. version of the Black Order coming back. Not only that, but he had the big flying things from Avengers. He had those those beasts from. Infinity War that we saw attacking Wakanda he basically brought everything brought the big guns and he says you know yeah this um, nothing I've done before is ever personal but i got to say it I'm really well, going to enjoy we, we're jumping in a little bit because after he's blown the shit out of everything he sends everyone off on their little missions to go and find wait. the gods go and find the stones and he just sits there and waits that's right he does sit there and wait because he got... knows who's coming to get who's coming to face up to him and yeah. we get the big three the big three hitters yeah, one a little bit bigger than usual with that belly, but enough about that. <laughs> Thor turning up with Mjolnir yeah. and Stormbreaker. 
At that point, some of us maybe are thinking things, perhaps. I, I had no idea what was coming with the no? cast of Mjolnir. Did you? <laughs> I did a little bit. I did mm. think he looks slightly awkward with two weapons there. And obviously, it's been hinted at before in Age of Ultron. But Which again, I, a bit yeah. of payback with that on the way. Yeah, I, it crossed my mind, but I nudged you about two minutes later, didn't I? It's before, happened in the comics, though, before it happened. I'll be honest with you, by that point, I was just focused on how they're going to take him down. It, yeah. it didn't cross my mind, and I'm glad, because when it, we do get to that moment... Oh, my God. And we just saw how powerful Thanos is without the gun. We've well. seen it before. He yeah. took the Hulk apart. Yeah, but he already had the Power Stone, and that was my sort of reckoning on but that. But he, he didn't use the Power Stone. But that was my reckoning on that. Was perhaps it was yeah. like sort of... He does have it. Yeah, on the gauntlet. Yeah, like, even though he's not using it, perhaps it's got yeah. like some sort of like residual sort of power. Well, but we get to see how powerful he really is. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a formidable villain of enemy. Let's put that way. He's a demigod, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, without without any sort of assistance. Yeah. Because you've got the three most sort of powerful Avengers, if you like, really, yeah. other than Captain Marvel, obviously, facing up to him. And he seems to be handling them pretty well. Pretty easily. Yeah, he And is. if you look at, like, sort of Stormbreaker, it's not really as effective a weapon as Thor was led to believe, really, is it? Well, Doesn't really do a great deal. And we're left thinking maybe it was only effective at the last point because he'd used the finger snap and was weakened. But then when, when we see Thanos turning Stormbreaker on Thor, it looks like it's quite easily pushing into his chest yeah. because it's made as a god-slaying weapon. Yeah. Could be used, obviously, against Thor. Yeah. Obviously, then we've got that moment of we see Mjolnir on the Starts floor. To move, and at this point, I was just elbowing the shit out of you because I was like, it's going to happen. It's finally going to happen. Literally. <laughs> After the shield gets destroyed. Yeah. We got that moment. Well, we're going a little bit too far because we end up. Don't worry about it. We Th- Thor and Iron Man seem to be sort of rendered unconscious. Yeah. And we got nothing to go here. We just got Captain America on his own, haven't yeah. we? Really. But we've seen Cap holding Thanos off before, haven't we? Yeah. We have, yeah. And then just as he's plunging Stormbreaker into Thor's chest, Mjolnir smashes him. Yeah. And it flies through the air and he catches it. And then Thor says, I knew I it. Knew it. <laughs> oh. Oh. That has got to be, I'm a 43-year-old man, that is one of the highlights of my life so far, is seeing Captain America yeah. swinging that hammer, running towards Thanos. That is just if amazing. It, if it come from nowhere, it would have been effective. But the fact is, they set it up four years ago in Avengers Age of Ultron, in an amazing scene where they're all just hanging out and playing the game with a hammer on the table. And Captain America at that point was almost worthy but the events of what's happened since yeah. Civil War, Infinity War, yeah, yeah, it's made him, it's made him worthy. All right. he sacrificed since that point when he almost lifted the hammer up has made him worthy. But then he wouldn't have been worthy of that time anyway because he had no need to lift it. Yeah, picking the hammer up for a show of bravado, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, and we we treated to not just him having a go, but mm-hmm. somehow probably because of the power, I'm gonna kind of suspend disbelief he wields it like a like, like a, a pro yeah. and, he's, and he even <laughs> fires lightning out of it yeah which was just like oh yeah. fanboy service yeah as you say whatever I oh, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that you, we all wanted to see it I don't yeah. care if it's the biggest fan service in the world it works and it was fucking awesome yeah <laughs> and wasn't he knocking his shield with the hammer yes. into it it was into literally it. just like yeah, it was ass kickery on on a new level. It was. I think I, I was clapping by that point. It's one of those things. Like we sat in the cinema I and mean, we went quite an early morning showing, and there were quite a lot of kids there. And I thought, oh, is this going to be over school holidays? Don't get me wrong, we got kids ourselves and stuff like that. But from from an early age, my boy's been told if you're going to talk, talk in a whisper. If you're going, yeah. you know, if you ask a question, you know, mm. sometimes you go to a cinema full of kids, and it could get annoying, can't it? Yeah, those kids were sat there all. 
the only voices, the only cheers I We're guess, us. Right? We're us uh, and other adult other adults, voices. Yes, <laughs> yes it was. Yeah. Well, there was a gasp in my cinema. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of, oh. Yeah, there were... I think because when you're focusing on the film, you're not as conscious of other noises around you. But I was, and there were there were people who were gasping. Yeah, they were they were cheering. You know, unfortunately, us Brits are a lot more um, reserved. Oh, I say, unfortunately, sometimes that can go to our advantage because you don't want people cheering at the you know at every opportunity in the film. But there were moments in this where I thought, you know what? If everyone gets up and get, and, and starts clapping, now I'm going to go along with it because yeah. it was just grandstanding moments of just fucking pure. But you get, like you say, you get then the sort of every battle we've ever seen times a million. Yeah. You know, you get, this is like Lord of the Rings meets Game of Thrones. Meets yeah. <laughs> but before, before we get that, Thanos starts to get the upper hand. Yeah. And he starts to hack the shit out of Cap Shield, which we've been led to believe is unbreakable. And this is the point now where I'm thinking. Yeah. We've all been waiting for it. He survived civil war. And he's had his he moment of glory now. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's gone out on a high. And you actually said to me, "Here we go. This yeah. is it." Yeah. And but at that point, decks him, doesn't he? He does. And uh, yeah, that's when he, he makes his hot comment. Then of you know, this has never been personal, but now it yeah, is. I'm going to enjoy is. this. Yeah. yeah. And he summons his army. Yeah. They all start landing. We see the the, the whale ships. We yeah. see the Chitari. We see the Black Order, and then suddenly, cap a voice. Cap. Cap. On your left, on another your window left. soldier. Oh, yeah, yeah, soldier reference. Yeah, yeah. and, and so then you, all of a sudden, you got Doctor the, Strange's portal, and who walks out? Shuri, Black Panther. They all start opening up, and and yeah. again, a little bit of humor dropped in there works perfectly as well. <laughs> Wong, Wong, yeah. Wong, yeah. Is this everyone? Is this everyone? Isn't this but enough it was, for you? Literally, it was like looking at the page of, of the most beautifully drawn graphic novel or comic. One, yeah, it? you could literally spot in that. It was just like, oh, there's Drax. Oh, there's Valkyrie. Oh, and we get that great moment. Spider-Man coming back. Peter Parker. That cinema got very dusty at that point. I had to wipe my eye. I was, yes. If you noticed that. There was, was something sniffy. That sniffy. Yeah. Just the fact that in the middle of all that, you get Spider-Man coming out, blurting like a teenage kid. Yeah. I've been dead for five years, but I'm back now. And, yeah. and like Tony Stark just looks at him and just hugs him. Come here, kid. Yeah. That, I tell you what, ripped me in half, mate. Yeah. Ripped me in half. It was amazing. Face off then. And he says the the line, Avengers assemble. Oh, yeah. they oh, don't care if yeah. he's the leader, you know. Yeah, we all he is. Love him. by now. That scene, that, like, I love the Lord of the Rings films. I've told you that a yeah. lot of times. They are yeah. my favourite, one of my yeah, favourite things. Yeah, we both things. do. Yeah. And, you know, you got the moment when Gandalf appears to save them at Helm's Deep, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Eagles, yeah, at the, the end of Return of the King. Mm. All these moments, that today was just, it trumped all of them. Yeah. That moment of seeing everyone uh, was just. And how did they do that without it looking overly CGI'd? Mm. We've seen similar things in other films. We've, you know, like you say, when you've got people flying round on winged steeds and mm. <laughs> stuff like that, and dragons, it always takes you out of it a little bit. Somehow this looked like as yeah. if I was watching this for real. <laughs> and again, there's so many moments that we've, we've had to skip over, but thinking back to the whole chase with the Infinity Gauntlet, the, or the oh, yeah, Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Again. it is a scene reminiscent of Aliens. Yeah. Where he's being pursued down the tunnel by the Chitari beasts. And again, he kept it for quite a while. Then you went to sort of like, you know, Black Panther. Clint, give uh, it to me. Give it to me. Black Panther. And I'm thinking, straight he's away, I'm thinking, hang ass. on. Right, let's rewind a bit. 
Yes, of course. They met at the airport. He knows Clint. Yes. They have an exchange I of words. How he, how he yeah. met, yes. He says, uh, hi, I'm whatever. He says, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. He says, I'm Clint, doesn't he? Yeah. And do they know each other? Yeah, of course they do. Oh, I didn't even remember And then that. you see the Black, the Black Panther totally kicking ass using his sort of yeah. like shockwave weapon. And yeah, it, then it's past the then Spidey. It's past the Spidey. Then we get Valkyrie. Then we get Valkyrie helping Spidey <laughs> like, on a fucking flying unicorn or whatever the hell it is, or, or Pegasus. It's all and, gravy. And did you notice as well? There was one point in it where normally with a film like that, you go, "Oh, there's Cap doing this, and there's Thor doing that." There was one bit in that where I think it was um, Thor. No, it was Black Panther and Thor were fighting separately, but you could see both of them. And there was another part where, it, just in the background, you could see j- j- Drax with the two two blades yeah, just going to top, yeah. yeah, going to town. But it was in the background. Yeah. Wasn't, you know, yeah. wasn't given us a main scene. He was almost like a, a major character being an extra, but it worked. This it was is all, first viewing. Yeah. We're, we're going to be obviously pouring over this for for months to come, and we're going to be picking out all of this, you know, extra little detail, which unfortunately, you know, hopefully, you've seen the film and you're going to go and see it again. If you have, there's no point really, though, is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just come round my house and tell you all about it. Yeah. <laughs> I apologise if we're just gushing over this film, but oh, you'll understand when you see it. In much the same yeah. way as when we did the Infinity War. So episode, anyway, I'm going to be honest. You cannot not gush over this no, film. You can't. <laughs> and so then, when we come to the the big end of right, so we get the Infinity Girl up, we get blah blah blah. Captain Marvel is going towards well, is going towards Thanos. But the bit where she turns up with the, 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 the oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Thanos turns his ship's weapons on all of them, and is it um, Wong starts putting up the force fields? Or Ebony Morse says, "Oh no, it's um, it's, it's Corvus Gleave." Yeah. He says, yeah, "But what about our troops?" And he's pretty much oh, open fire. Yeah. That's it, yeah, open fire. Fuck them. We we need to take this out now. And then all of a sudden. The ship's weapons turn towards the clouds and fire off. And it's like, what are they firing at? And then... And it was a perfect... It was a pleasant surprise to see yeah. Captain Marvel back. It was the perfect time to call her back. She comes back, she destroys the ship. Then she's facing off against Thanos. And she seems to be overpowering him with ease. At which point, he's got the glove and he's trying to hold her off. And she's just fighting through it. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh, no, this no, This is no, everything no. we feared. This is what we feared, that it's going to end too easily. What does he do? He reaches up with his other hand, he pulls the power stone off, holds it in his non-gloved hand, and just socks her one. Yeah. Because in fact, we, we've actually, yeah, we've skipped. We've the, skipped. The, 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 the gauntlet is a left-handed glove. Yeah. The Iron Man one is a right-handed one. So now he's actually got the glove on his right hand. Yeah. And he takes the power stone with his left hand, which he's able to wield, knocks her for six, and then great moment. Then there's forty million to one chance. Yeah. Stranger isn't going to tell him. No. Wherever he got. No, that's right. But he, he says one. Holds his finger up. Holds this his finger one. up. This is it. Tony yeah. goes for it. Do you know it's at that point? Tony's holding off as well at that point. Because yeah. he's thinking, of, you know, is this, he doesn't want to blow it again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he doesn't want to die because of the stakes that yeah. he's obviously yeah. got. Yeah. And then Tony obviously does the switcheroo, manages to take the stones off him, put them on his glove, and I am inevitable. I am inevitable. And he says, yeah, I'm Iron Man. I am Man. Iron Man. And there we go. They've done it. Thanos' troops uh, all start to evaporate. And it was at that point where I thought, is he going to leave Thanos here? Is he going to let Thanos wallow in defeat? He'd done the snap. But like you say, it was a case of... He, you know, because Thanos' snap was just like chance 50-50. Mm-hmm. He, his snap must have been, I want to wipe out Thanos and his arm. Yes, that's right. But like you say, I, I was thinking, is Thanos going to survive this? Yeah. But he didn't. And I think by that point, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, we, we've taken Thanos as far as we can. Yeah. He's been an amazing villain across two films. It, at that point, it felt right. Indeed. So there we go. Thanos uh, eventually evaporates. 
then we lead up to what I'm sure many sort of less passionate fans than us will probably compare to the Return of the King, where we've got multiple endings. Yeah. What do we think about how Endgame wrapped up all the outstanding character arcs? My personal favourite character being Captain America. Mm-hmm. I'll address his ending. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic all along. From the first movie, love of his life was Peggy. They both yeah. knew it. Then he went down in, in the ice mm-hmm. and they, they'd never see each other again. Until yeah. they did. Yeah. He goes to visit her in Winter Soldier. Again, call back to, to that fantastic film. She mm-hmm. dies in Civil War. Mm-hmm. He has a flashback in Age of Ultron where they're dancing and she's saying you can come home yeah so all along you're teased about he's teased as a character yeah. about this life you'll never have yeah. tortured yeah. exactly and what do we get then we knew some of us when he was going in yeah we knew he was now not going to come back as he went to return the infinity stones he yeah. um he doesn't come back and then you treated to, to him as an old man and uh what did he do he, he took tony's advice and he lived his life he did and we he get did. that beautiful scene at the end where yeah and even when sam asked him you're going to tell me about what you've been up to no i'm not no yeah, don't need to he know. didn't need to. No, I that think, was for I, him. I think that coupled with Stark's death, I mean, you know, safe bet it was going to be one of the two was going to go. And I think if Cap had died and Stark had died, I think that would have been overkill. Cap was the one we were all expecting. Yeah, Cap was the one. Because it's like as if it's the death. He's a man out of time. It's the death they've been holding off. No one's really going to miss him, are they? If you notice that as well, with, like with Stark, he had no big sort of great speech at the end. He just sort of sat there dazed and confused, didn't he? Yeah. You know, um, bloodshot eyes. You know, yeah. he just looked as if he was in a co- like a waking coma. Yeah. Three people who came to him: Rhodey, Parker, Pepper. Yeah. He didn't get to say goodbye to anyone, but no. he saw everyone. Yeah. Did you see who was at the funeral? Yes. Yeah. Ty Simpkins, the yeah. kid from yes. Iron Tree. At first, I was like, "Who's that?" Yeah. It is him, yeah, isn't it? Is. It yeah. was. I, I thought it was this random kid. No stone was left unturned. No, Nick Fury turns up. Yeah, Nick Fury at the end, obviously. Just to let everyone know that he's still there. So, um, before we wrap things up with our final thoughts and final scores for Endgame, we're going to do things a little bit um, out of order. We're going to go to our listener questions because we did put a tweet and a message out on Facebook asking for listener questions that were um, related to the MCU and Marvel Studios. And the first that we had from Jason Silver on Twitter, at Jason Silver, asks... Now that this phase of the MCU is finished, which individual character arcs do you think have been the most satisfying? Obviously, when Jason sent this question, he hadn't seen Endgame, neither had we. Now that we've seen the film, guys, whose character arcs do we find are the most satisfying? You know what? It's literally it's like picking your favourite child, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Cap has had a fantastic run of form. I think, oh, God, I'd probably... I'm going to have to go with Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Just to start off as the sort of cocksure, elegant warmonger. Yeah. Cap's had his fair share of PTSD, as of all of them. The fact that they've carried that through with Stark all the way, the fact that Stark has hidden it so well. There's not many There's not many scenes in any of these films where you see Tony Stark's sat there feeling sorry for himself. He's always mm-hmm. trying to take control, and he's very brash and he's very elegant. It's just a huge mask for what he's got. Yeah. He knew this time was coming. First film in the in the series ends with the truth is I'm Iron Man. I yeah. thought it was great that he went out saying I'm Iron Man. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. He is Iron Man. No one could ever replace no. him. With Cap, uh, I love that sort of story arc. I love him going back. I said to you they could instantly do a film set in 1960 now with Captain America. Mm. Another one we'd have to look at as well. Never we've sort of missed not part of the Avengers, but Loki. Yeah, his sort of redemption yes. and his character travel. I mean, yeah. I could I could carry on and I'd probably be using other people. So I'm gonna yeah. stop now. I'll, I'll go with Tony Stark. James, I have to agree. I love Captain America. Mm. He's my personal favourite. But talking clinically, in terms of the fact that he started it all, mm. he went from this playboy um, yeah. character who was, you know, sleeping around, essentially selling arms, Rep, yeah. weapons, to the one who gives everything. 
and he had everything essentially didn't he he had his family yeah. and he gave it up anyway and that's totally contrary to the character yeah. that we were first introduced to 10 years ago so yeah, he's, he's the, the core of it isn't he for me it's going to be a toss up between Tony Stark and Cap when I first saw Cap in the, the first film you know, I, I enjoyed the first film a lot but he was like yeah I'm waiting for the Avengers then the Avengers came along and yeah you know, he, was, he was really good but then he hit his stride with Winter Soldier and again Tony has been key to Cap's character arc you know, yeah. their, their relationship has been key I've always thought you know, how are they going to resolve his character and the way it was done with him not being killed I, ideally I would have wanted him to be the ultimate martyr but then that just goes to show he deserved they, that, they, he deserved they, that. Yeah, Kevin Feige and the people he's got working for him are better writers than me yeah. what they've come up with I think is something I wouldn't have thought of yeah him ending up back in the past yeah that is something I considered but the way it's done I thought it was done perfectly yeah I, I think both characters they, you know, they're front and centre the sort of leading faces of the MCU um, who's going to take over in the absence I don't know probably Captain Marvel and maybe Doctor Strange and a few others but yeah the, the way they've wrapped those character arcs up is absolutely perfect and I think you know I didn't see them killing Tony Stark off I'd say the, the thing that's come to me as you're talking there as well is like I've talked about Steve Rogers before, and like t- t- some of the lines he comes out in the Civil War, like I've seen what people do. I've seen, this is what people in power do, and this is yeah. you know there'll always be another war, there'll always be. And if you look at it at the time, Tony Stark is just trying to appease everyone, mm. and it's almost because he knows that they have to stay together, they have to stay strong. Yeah. So as much as I admire sort of Captain America's principles, so a lot of those films, he didn't see the bigger picture. He's not like, seeing the bigger no. picture, whereas Tony Stark really is throwing mm. himself on, on the night on the sword. In three or four films before yeah. this, just to keep everyone together. Yeah. Did Tony pick up me on you? No. No. Leave okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Okay. Next one. Eva Reina on Facebook asks, "Do you think Marvel Studios need to concentrate more on team-up films following the success the success of films like Civil War and the Avengers films, or do you think there's room for further solo films from the likes of Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel?" Again, we talked about this off mic earlier. They're gonna have to do a, hit the reset button to to a certain extent. Mm. The wider story arcs now are going to have to come to an end. We've been introduced to new characters in the last two or three years. Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. If they are going to be the new Avengers, for want of a better kind of phrase, we're going to have to invest in them, just Mm. like we invested in Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, in their solo movies, before we give two shits about them coming together and, you know, kind of look forward to that mm. as an event it, after like probably civil war which for me was avengers 2.5 with the current iteration you know we weren't really getting stimulated until we see them all again which is why we didn't see a thor 4 an iron man 4 because it, it wouldn't have done it for us would it you know so ultimately no i think they do need to invest in solo yeah. movies first i think it works on both levels don't it? if you've got the story there it's great and it's also great like you say you're going to be building a bond I mean that's the one sort of big slight against the DCU massively uh, is they've just tried to rush it into a team up yeah. you, like you say you need to lay the foundations there don't you, you need to lay the, the, sort of the base work there absolutely it looks as if Thor now could be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 yeah yeah. there's potential there for that or it could just be Guardians 3 starts and Thor's gone off now I personally would like to see now two or three sort of solo films, if you like. If they said, oh, I'm going to do mm. Black Panther 2, we know we've got Spider-Man coming up. I can see that. There's talk of Doctor Strange 2. I'd want to see... Either you're going to have characters like Doctor Strange facing off against some of the other villains they've not yet used, the more powerful ones. Same with the Guardians. Obviously, 
now that the Fox deal has gone ahead, somewhere out there we've got Galactus potentially. Yeah. I was going to say, and you've got the Eternals. Adam, Adam you've Warlock got, was teased Adam Warlock, the yeah. too, wasn't he? You know, you've got all sorts of different stories. But I also what I would like to see is the more ground level stuff, stuff like Hawkeye, Bucky. Well, I think a lot of that's going to be done because the, that's the thing now because the, the implication was Sam's going to be the new Captain America, as, as yeah. in some of the comics, but. One of the, the Disney channels now, uh, the, the streaming channel, is, is going to be um, with the Soldier and Falcon, isn't yeah. it? So mm-hmm. I don't know really? if that's going to... Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. there's, there's yeah. Loki series, uh, Scarlet Witch, um, with the Soldier and Falcon. With the Soldier yeah. and Falcon is the only one I've actually seen the title now, card for. You've had the, the next Netflix series, which has sort of ended up being sort of compartmentalised and pushed off into its own thing. It's, and what did they... you see streams? They did that, and then they used Jarvis from the Peggy Carter series for Howard Stark show. But that didn't... wasn't Netflix... The Agent yeah. Carter series was was it ABC the same as Agents of Shield? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah but it does seem strange that they agreed to one and not the other. Yeah. I mean, like we've talked about this before. I'd love to, I'd, I'd love to have seen Luke Cage just in that battle scene. Yeah, someone you know, or Daredevil yeah. just in the background yeah. even. And unfortunately you know, for you know you've got the head of the the TV, Netflix TV side of things and you know the films they they don't seem to be working and pulling in the same direction. But you know we've got and again this is going to come to one of the later questions. We've also we've got loads of Fox characters which they now own. And this, this, it's, 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 mad, it's mad when you think yeah, about it now. We've yeah. been talking about the Fox merger when it was sort of, I mean, for ages we're thinking, this is going to be great now, we're going to get Avengers and X-Men. And he didn't give our second thought no. during that film. I didn't no. think, oh, what, what, you know, Wolverine could be here. That's right. It just seems like we'll I, get to that in a minute. You I think know? you're both right. We're, we're going to need solo films, otherwise we're not going to give a shit as much about when they all eventually team yeah. up. No. Definitely. With solo films, no, I think what you might see are a lot more sort of solo inverted comma films, like very much like the first the new Spider Man Homecoming, With, where you had Stark in there. Yeah. I think you might see if you get a new character coming in, perhaps he gets a bit of advice from well, X Y Z. You know, we're going to see Nick Fury and yeah, Maria Hill in yeah. uh, Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah, I think that might be the trick they'll pull a few more times now. Is like you know when someone won't well, name anyone, but when a new hero now has an origin story, you might get a hint of. Yeah. a previous character being thrown in there's no reason why you can't have the yeah. supporting characters well look at uh, Black Widow in Iron Man yeah yeah, worked really well didn't it yeah. Civil War you know again Avengers 2.5 yeah everyone was in that anyway weren't they yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah it works okay Kieran Delaney via good old email asks Marvel Studios are so good at casting the right people but are there any roles where you think they chose the wrong actor or actress so we'll just say Brie Larson and Brie get Larson. over it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, think... know, I might be being hard on Brie Larson. That's what I was saying to you before. The writers and directors do a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's not just we. Like I said to you after the caveat I was given with Captain Marvel is we were all saying she was very wooden. She was this. If she's being told, if she's being directed that way, if she's being written that way, there might be a slight difference. I'm trying to be generous. Stop looking at me. Right. Like that. Yeah, that was, yeah. I'm sure I would, I would agree. I'm with no you, Neil. Doubt, I'm no doubt the Captain Marvel two might prove me wrong, and I hope it yeah. does. But at the moment, I'd say Brie Larson is the one that I would yeah. choose. As and the I wrong think the, the the entertainment tonight footage that came out about uh, with her being interviewed with Don Cheadle and Chris Hemsworth. Didn't show her in a good light. Yeah, she doesn't want to be the next Tom Cruise. She wants to be the first her. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. much. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, well, even separating the art from the artist, as we've talked about recently with other people. Yeah. Uh, clinically speaking, her performance in Captain Marvel was was terrible. It was, it was wooden. That as a movie was just poor. There was mm-hmm. no... As I said earlier, it's a phase one type movie. But yeah. even in the, the other phase type one movies, Thor, he learns a hell of a big yeah. lesson. Yeah. In this, what did she learn? 
about her background. Other than that, she didn't learn anything else. Yeah, really. There was no character development. She has got. There's no humility there, is there? No, no. Like, see, if, you, if you see her now, that was the one thing I was hoping that we might get a little glimpse of now. When she came back to the Avengers uh, Center there, or he- Center, that makes it sound like it's like, you know, <laughs> she, facility. When she came back to the Avengers facility, she seemed to be almost like arrogant to the fact mm. that there were never superheroes there. It was almost as if she was like, yeah, okay, what's going on? I'll sort this. Well, she said, I, I'm going to kill Thanos back now, like, type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, like, there's no humility there. There's no warmth. She's not trying to endear herself to them. It's almost as if she's looking down her nose at all of them. Right. It's now, like, this... you've been playing in this sandbox for ages. I'm turning up now. You're all on your way out, and I'm going to be the. I'm gonna, yeah. Again, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Two years' time or two films' time, we might be talking about the same way people we've we talked earlier with Age of Ultron, the same way we've talked about Thor Dark World, where okay. we might say, okay. this was all for a reason. I don't think it's going to be, so I'm just going to say Brie Larson and stop babbling. Yeah. Yeah. So we all agreed there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On camera, off camera, whatever. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else, really, that I thought... Oh, otherwise, it's been Ma- stellar, isn't it? And again, let's, Major let's, characters. Yeah. There's probably been one or two that, you know, if if someone suggested something to me now, they're the sort of minor characters or that. No, I, I Christopher think... Christopher character in that. Yes, yeah, there you go. And he's nothing against him as he's an actor. He's a fantastic actor. He was just lost under yeah. the, the thing of makeup. I like Lee Pace as Ronan. I just think he was woefully underused oh. in Captain Marvel. So all it's, right. not, it's not all against Brie Larson. No. <laughs> okay, uh, Eliza Clement via email asks, other than the ones previously owned by Fox, are there any as yet unused characters from Marvel Comics that you'd like to see integrated into the MCU? Actually, I think all the sort of big hitters we've already seen, I mean, and like you say, if you look at sort of like VC and maybe even D-list characters, like Iron Man, I've been thought Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd literally never heard of any of the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Um, that was a real niche. Yeah, <laughs> they might. Comic. I'm sure there's some comic book expert out there who can name a character. For me, the only one I would like to see, especially now Disney owns everything, I'd like to see him take a chance. New iteration of Blade. Yeah, mine was going to be Blade. If you can have something supernatural related, vampires, Blade and Doctor Strange team up possibly, or Blade and Punisher team up. Oh, Punisher. Yes, the Punisher. You know, because yeah. they were saying on Netflix obviously aren't renewing any of the new yeah. stuff. I think they can use them within two years, after two years. Right. Now, if you look at a film filming schedule, you could easily get John Berthold yeah. on that one. Mm. And let's be honest, what are we doing with Blade, though? Are we going to have Wesley Snipes as Blade? Yes. I want to I want to see Wesley Snipes as Blade. He I, I do. Black don't crack, mate. He looks no. the same age, I'm telling I, you. It's got to be. There is, there is only one Blade for me, and that's Wesley yeah. Snipes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see Old Man Blade. Yes. Old Man Logan, Old Man Blade. Yeah, that works for me. Oh, I do agree. Yeah. I do like the idea of the Punisher. Yeah. I, I'm going to go back to the one I mentioned. Um, I think it came up on a listener question before the Sentry. Yeah. Simply because if we want another big villain, if you're going to have the Sentry, you have to have his split personality, alter ego, the Void. Yeah. Now, the way that worked in the books, it was such a cataclysmic thing that they had to, uh, between Professor X, Doctor Strange, and Reed Richards, they had to basically wipe the memory of the entire planet. They had to s- subdue the Void into... Sentry's consciousness, anyone familiar with the comic books, it's like Marvel's dark, twisted, fucked up take on Superman, and it is one of the best books I've ever read. It'd be a massive crossover if they could integrate it properly. Just Robert Randall's character is so much potential there, so yeah, I go for the Sentry. Okay, I remember you talking about it before, I'm just mm. thinking this just needs to be made, so yeah. yeah. So, let's uh, give our final thoughts and scores for Avengers Endgame. Neil? 
Do you know what? I was going to be Mr. Controversial and say I scored Infinity War 10 out of 10 instantly. Mm-hmm. And I was going to come I like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I was going to go 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And as I've sat here and talked about the film, yeah. it's 10 out of 10. I'm going to give it 9.5 out of 10. It's not, it's not going to affect our final score. It's his first, it's a first appearance and he hasn't got the sky to like 0.5s there. What can it's, I not, say? it's not going to affect our I aggregate can, score. I can't give it a 9, but I can't give it a 10 because that the entire arc of Thor bothered me that much. Yeah. And the last 20 minutes nearly made me forget all of it. Yeah. yeah. But clinically looking back as a, as a total package versus Infinity War. Yeah, when it was high, it was high, this movie. Yeah. It was peaks and, and mm. troughs, as we said earlier, whereas there was consistency with Infinity War. It was needless, and it's a damn shame, because otherwise, it's fantastic. You now have backed me into a corner that I can't get out of. Coming out of that film, I had just overwhelming positive thoughts. I left on a high. It stuck the landing. The way it finished with Cap kissing Peggy, and then even the titles looked old-fashioned. And at that point, you don't even want a post credit sting because you don't need one. Oh, it's so ended perfectly. I was going to say, when we watched Infinity War, I was, we were sort of, it was me, you, Rich, and I, who else was it? Me, me and Rich. Yeah. I was sort of nudging you, saying, I hope they don't do a credit sting. Yeah. And they did, obviously, we had the sort of teaser yeah. Captain Marvel. This, it worked beautifully, it didn't did. it? It did. For me, this is the culmination of 11, if it's more than 11 years, because, you know, they, they started planning of these films back in 2006. Mm. What they've done is unprecedented. The MCU for me now is by far the greatest franchise we've ever seen. You know, I rank some of the films within it as some of my favourite films of all time. I would happily go back to Iron Man and sit through all of them again. And some of them just get better on on, on each subsequent viewing. Uh, This film was the perfect combination of it all. It did have its weak points. Things which I'm thinking, just because it peaked and soared so high in other areas... Should I forgive it for the things that it didn't need to do? So because of that, I'm not going to shave an entire point off. I'm going to give it a nine and a half out of ten. But you know, it's not going to affect our final score because <laughs> your ten pulls it up to oh my god, the final film eighty nine verdict for Avengers Endgame, ten out of ten. See, and I was going to go nine. <laughs> I was going to go nine. He's literally yeah. talking. Yeah, I had kind of had what you guys had, but in reverse because the Thor stuff was bothering me that much. And I've talked so much about the good, it's turned it round on me. Yeah, and I think, you know, on a second viewing, much as I've found some of the broad humour in some of the other films has sort of not rubbed me up the wrong way on second and third viewings, I'm sure I'm going to find the same year. And I'm sure that nine and a half is eventually going to be pushed up to a ten. Had, had this been the last film in the MCU, or if someone said to you now, they're not going to make any more MCU films, you'd naturally be gutted, but would you be okay? What, just, did, I, what did I say, just James, uh, before we came here? Oh, uh, you'd happily leave it. Yeah, this is my this is my favorite franchise. I am so invested in it. Yes, but I would happily walk away from it now at this point and leave on a high. And I would. I know in years to come there's going to be one or two iffy ones, maybe, but. In years to come, we'll probably both regret saying that. I could literally just say right now, and I felt like, I'll be, as strange as it sounds, I felt like that after Infinity War. I was like, do you know if this ended on a cliffhanger, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Mm. But now we've got the final resolution, and like yeah. you say, to start off with the birth of Iron Man, and then see the death of Iron Man, mm. I don't know if I want to go any further. I'm going to, obviously I'm going to watch them all, but... Even, for me now, Spider-Man Far From Home. 
Obviously, we're going to go and see it. We're going to do an episode on it. Yeah. It's a Marvel film. Sorry, guys and girls who are not massive Marvel fans, if this episode hasn't been to your liking, but you, you knew it was coming. Is it going to go the other way with the Fox characters coming in now? Are we going to get a new dimension? Because I think potentially yes, yeah. I think but to. I think what well, I'd like to, I'd like to be wrong, but I think what we've seen is this is lightning in a bottle, and it's not something they they're going to be able to capture again to the same. But when extent. you look, I was just saying, when you look at it now, we've had Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three. You could literally just go now. Now this is phase one. Yeah. Are we going to get a phase two that's going to match this? I hope we are, but I. No. I don't. I, I just no. can't see it happening. I, I don't think you're ever going to get anything that's as tightly constructed. I don't think Kevin Feige is going to want to oversee this for the rest of his career. There's other yeah. things he could go off and do. Even the business model is expanded now. It's going into the Disney Plus subscription service. That's going to change things massively. It's not going to be like when we had the ABC shows and we had the, the Netflix shows and they were not integrated fully. Everything's, Everything's going to be, now going to be fully it. integrated. Yeah. You're going to be having potentially weekly um, episodes of these shows. What we've had now is going to change significantly. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe for the betterment of the MCU going forward, we probably need, need less. Film. We don't need three films a year. No. Let's I, keep it as one or this, two big yeah. you know, tentpole blockbuster films. I think they could pare it down to one a year. Yeah. Let's just concentrate on one film a year. Because if you're going to have the TV stuff as well, that's going to satisfy people's need for the MCU. And then let's make those films all the more special. I, I don't want to see you know as many films as we've had because I think the more you throw at the screen, the more water down it's going to get and the more chances you're going to get of diluting the quality of it. Yeah. For me, Avengers Endgame, there were little moments where I was thinking, ah, oh, they really need to pull back on the, the broad humour here. But those moments are completely overshadowed by our absolutely fantastic it was in other areas so there you go um james has been great having you on you know your first episode and we look forward to seeing your first piece for the site which will be dropping shortly you're not on social media is that right it is correct yes well, you're gonna you know, be soon though i hope you i got witness protection i'll say <laughs> he's a he's a disgraced former hydra agent <laughs> yeah, that's right you richard kimball really did you really kill your wife <laughs> But Neil, uh, where can people find you on social media for uh, you can you up for a chat? Find me on Twitter at Neil underscore Gaskin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Sky Movies, and you can find us all on Twitter and Facebook at Film89UK. Please, guys and girls, it's really important if you've enjoyed the podcast so far, please give us a like, a subscribe, and more importantly, give us a positive review on iTunes. I can't stress how much that means to us. The weird way that iTunes works is... The more positive reviews we get, the more iTunes makes us visible to other listeners and the more our podcast can grow. You know, we're going from strength to strength. Our last few episodes, including the, you know, the Apocalypse Now one, has done great numbers and you know we're really pleased with how we're doing. So please, um, you know, if you want to hit any of us up on social media for a chat, please do so. Um, we're always willing to talk film and TV. But for now, everyone, as usual, stay safe, stay happy, but most importantly, stay classy. going to do uh, one of those Marvel post-credits thing things? I was thinking about it, but you know what? They didn't do it in a film, so it'd be pretty pointless if we did it, wouldn't it? Oh, shit. You're right. Let's not bother, should we? Nah. Are you right with our dreams? Yeah, fine. Cool. Okay.